wizard, Harry. That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. As you wish. See, the universal greeting works every time. Now this is going on the internet? Yes. Yeah, what is this? News? Yes, it is. It is, in fact. And this is the biggest crossover event ever since Endgame. I don't know. What's the wrestling equivalent of Endgame? Is it just straight up uh, WrestleMania? Invasion? <laughs> I No, God. If, if, like, if like Endgame had like a discount cousin. Invasion was Batman v Superman. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, it was. That's I think it's still analogy. the like biggest selling non-WrestleMania pay-per-view ever. Oh, I man, that say, makes me sad. Because everyone was so hyped for it, and it just disappointed yeah. <laughs> colossally. So, was, so was it a so over event when the people from, uh, was it when Triple H and G-Generation X took their uh, tank over to, uh, was it NWC? Or WCW. WCW. Yeah, WCW. WCW. Yeah. WCW. Yeah, they brought the tank to, over. Somewhere in Georgia, I want to say. <laughs> hey, this guy knows his wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> this crossover event has to do with Bob the Windjammer Buell from 99 Thank Questions. Thank you, my one, my one true title. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> We've unlocked the secret code. Alex, you gotta go fast, Brennigar. Oh, thank you for having me, brother. From my beautiful artwork he created, and he's done a few others. You did draft punks, right? Yes, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and Dory the Keyblade Defender Dory. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Oh, that's good. Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Feels right. That feels right. right. I'll be the heel tonight. It's no big deal. <laughs> that's right. Welcome you all to Calm Down Nerds First Crossover episode. Um, I am Eric Smith. Um, we'll do plugs at the end if we remember. But uh, for now, we're going to talk about some wrestling with these three great people. And um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to make it short because these guys are here for the rant. So I'll make it into two paragraphs. I remember watching some episodes growing up. I remember some Kane in my teenage years. But other than that, I pretty much fell off real fast. Um, you all did not. You all continued on into that deep night. However, I will say once I was legally able to drink again, I went over to my buddy's house. He's a little older. We would just get two six-packs of beer. We would get a pizza, and he would make me watch wrestling almost every Sunday night. And we did that for a couple years. Uh, last like real thing I remember. <laughs> last real thing I remember watching was the WrestleMania where Undertaker lost his streak to. Ooh yeah! Oh, oh wow! <laughs> what a thing to watch! Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. What? I will always, always Vince McMahon's pet. I will always remember it because a, it is one of the most iconic like wrestling moments possibly ever at this point. Mm-hmm. It's so burned into people's brains. But it was also two minutes after. I was sitting in my friend's uh, uh, like living room with like eight of us there at a WrestleMania party, and I said the line, isn't it crazy how every year they make you think he's going to lose, but he doesn't? And then two <laughs> minutes later, he just straight up loses, and every eye on the room looks at me as if I jinxed him. 
I didn't do it. So, so I guess we've confirmed here that Bob Buell is single-handedly responsible for Undertaker losing. I broke the streak. I so did the hammer face in the background. Wow, we just solved a big wrestling mystery that we didn't even know existed, like really early on in this episode. I don't even know how we're gonna like keep going from here. Welcome I'm on, to I'm my. On I right now. To keep going, Dory. Welcome to my wrestling episode of the podcast with Alex. Gotta go fast, Brennigar and Dory Keyblade Defender Ford. Nobody else is on this podcast. No longer. <laughs> it's just us three now. Hey, no. hold on. I'm getting a phone call. Hey, it's a nobody. He says he knows you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, have my white wine over here. Thank Ch- you very much. Chuck fucking where you better at least listen to this episode. And I do have to thank you for getting me in a chicken cordon blue pizza. I never thought I'd like it, but when you're a little too tossed, it, it hits the spot. It's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, the only other big wrestling thing that stands out to me was, uh, was it John Cena who had that long-lasting relationship with the Make-A-Wish kid, and then Bray Wyatt comes in and the Hell in a Cell yep. match and brainwashes him, and the kid does that ghostly, like, oh, what does he say? The lights go out, and he's just on the corner of the ring, just somebody else helped me out here. He was, he was singing, um, uh, you've got, you got the, the whole he's got world, world yeah. in his hands, yeah. It was creepy. That was such a good beat. <laughs> Wow. I, you know, and the best thing about remembering that is that Bray Wyatt's still doing great in WWE. So, I mean, like, really, I mean, everything just comes full circle. Didn't get fired at all. He definitely didn't get released recently. Yeah. Got fired for budget cuts. One of the most creative budget guys cuts. of the last 10 years. Yeah. And even though WWE's released. been making record profits and they've <laughs> yeah, never been in a better place to <laughs> sell themselves. So. Or whatever they're doing, I don't know what's, what they're doing, but what's that's the just Bob. There, like, do you think he actually got fired for budget cuts? No, but that's what they've been telling everybody. Yeah, they've just been. They, they've let go. I think it was like thirteen. With it, thirteen people recently. Those are like they, 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 Game Informer numbers from that dark summer. They've they've done over a hundred people in the last year, and just like I think a little over forty in just this year alone. It's it's yeah. wild. It partly it's because. WWE wanted to hoard a bunch of talent so that, you know, the other company that we won't talk about and that absolutely <laughs> is definitely not our competition that we don't think of as our competition doesn't get any of those guys. Uh, absolutely not because we actually think they're competition, by the way. And then but we're yeah. going fi- to fire them so they totally can get those guys. Yes. It's like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? It's like now now 2.0 and Daniel Garcia and like, or not, uh, like a bunch of people from the Miro and whatever else are like, are, are flourishing. Like, come on. It's pointless. It's unsustainable. And now, whatever they're going to do with NXT, I don't even know. It's not going to be the same thing anymore. Yeah, it's not going to be the they same. Got, they got Kerry Cross losing to Jeff Hardy on the main <laughs> roster, which, by the way, I'm fine with. <laughs> I, 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 something, I'm I not even invested in NXT, and I can't abide by that. Jeff Hardy of the Matt and Jeff Hardy Brothers combination and is still wrestling? I was expecting yeah. this reaction, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Still looks great. Still does Honest, great. Honestly, yeah. I don't. I don't even know how he's still alive. But yeah, Jeff Hardy's like he's kicking ass still. He's he's he, the guy you expect to have a foley like career where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's got to be way too injured. He's got to be just beating up his body. He can't go any further. But it's like, no, well, he's fine. He wrestles yeah. every Monday, basically. Not not to mention like all the personal stuff he's gone through over the over the years. Yeah. So I mean, you really think he wouldn't be able to do this anymore? But hey, props mm-hmm. to him. What's the yeah, real, real story there? Did his did wait? First off, is Matt and Jeff brothers? Yeah, yeah. Did is it 
Jeff that slept with Matt's wife? Was that the true story, or is that Kate? No. Or I think you're, I think you're uh, conflating I'm... two storylines there. Yeah, <laughs> got your wires crossed. Yeah. So, so, so Jeff and Matt are indeed brothers. Um, I think who you're thinking of is Matt Hardy and Edge. Mm-hmm. Perhaps had a, a weird. That's definitely what you're thinking of, Eric. Yeah, because Matt Hardy had uh, a girlfriend, Lita, and then Matt Hardy got injured. Yeah, I don't say I remember too loudly because my wife might hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was that was quite an event. Uh... (laughs) My favorite part of that whole thing is that WWE fired Matt Hardy for calling out Edge for 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 cheating and 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 not. Didn't fire. I mean, not that he necessarily should have fired Edge, but like there are two people in that situation, one of whom looks a lot more, you know, uh, like he should be fired, you know, it relatively anyway. And it's not Matt Hardy for calling Edge out. Like that's just completely bonkers thinking. Yeah. And but, then yeah. they hired him back, turned the whole thing into an on screen story, and had Matt Hardy lose. Lose. <laughs> they had him lose. Uh, yep. To the man who cheated on it, I, I don't even. And now, now they're all good. Like now, they're yep. all friends again, as far as I know. But like, it was fucking ludicrous. He lost. That's such a. That's such an easy thing for them to do is to turn to a story, which is kind of shitty, but turn to a storyline and then have Matt Hardy win is such an easy story to do. And they couldn't even do that. It's like, ugh. So my original tagline for this man booking. My original tagline for this episode was gonna be to talk about the Montreal screw job, but like this seems to be one of the more dramatic stories ever, like of inside baseball shit from wrestling. the craziest part is, as dramatic as it is, I don't know if it cracks the top ten. No. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, it's notable, but I don't know if it's top ten material. It's, it's here, bonkers, but, like, but you go all the way up here, and there's, like, the plane ride from hell. And, yeah. and then, <laughs> this, Alex is moving his fingers very, very far away. <laughs> Yeah, we're not even we're not even close. We're not even close to like mass transit or any no. new jack story or Jesus <laughs> Christ. Any XPW show is more hardcore than that. <laughs> Matt Hardy Edge story. Like Yeah, Vince McMahon it's... wanting Matt Hardy to be a cuck on air is not even close to, to, <laughs> to, not, to New not Jack stabbing somebody. Cuck storylines, oddly, too. But yeah, Listen, you're a hundred percent correct. If I had a nickel for every time Vince made a story like that, I'd I'd be able to buy a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> At least a foot long from Subway. Car. At least. <laughs> At least. Maybe with a soda, too. So, apparently, so, in I, real life, Stephanie McMahon married Triple H. Yeah. 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 They've been married for a long time now. She's 2000s? Late 90s? I know how to Her Google. Dory, you going to say? <laughs> like, 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 in real life, of course, you know, they, they met, fell in love, got married. That's great. But they turned it into an on-air thing. Yeah. That's and what on-air, think like... Yeah, but like in kayfabe, it's so weird because yeah. like he drugged her mm-hmm. until she was unconscious, drove to like a drive-through chapel and got married yep. while she was unconscious with her, which doesn't fly. Look, at all not everybody can have a Dan Riker Taco Bell wedding, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but again, she's unconscious. She hates him, and he had a drive-through wedding, and then later it turns out she's like. Yeah, I was unconscious, but you know, 
I like him now. That's great. And now, like, they're still on air married, like, all these years later. And when you think about where it started, you're just like, this is, why hasn't anybody called the cops? Like, this is, <laughs> this is, you know, honestly, it, it, I've ever seen it. <laughs> it doesn't top when Triple H tried to have sex with, what was it, Kane's girlfriend in the morgue Katie or something Pick, like that? Or? He didn't, yeah. 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 I didn't want to remember that. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I didn't want to remember that, Alex. <laughs> Tell me more, Dory. Um, I did. I did want to say I was. I was very curious. Um, so my uh, my beginnings with wrestling were that my stepdad, my first stepdad, was shitty, um, introduced me to. Uh, just want to throw that out there. Uh, introduced me to wrestling. Probably the best thing he ever did. Um, and uh, I remember watching like Edge and Christian tag teams. I remember watching mm-hmm. Kane Undertaker. He took me to my. So far, well, one of my only wrestling shows, my only WWE show that I've ever gone to, which was the SmackDown, where Rey Mysterio was wrestling, Undertaker was there. I mean, I was living. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's really where I kind of started. The Like, early 2000, like, the, the war was done at that point. Like, I didn't get into it when WCW, N- Nitro was already dead. I didn't even know what Nitro was when I started. Yeah. It was early, mid, early 2000s, and then I watched until, I would say, about... 2008 or 9 until about high school and then I kind of fell out of it I was kind of getting tired of it and then I didn't go back to it until uh, a couple of years ago when I started watching mm-hmm. AEW um, so I'm, I'm a, I was a lapsed fan for a very long time I actually tried getting back into Smackdown in the mid 2010s because my little brother was into it and I was like hey what's Smackdown up to these days I used to love it as a kid I, I think I watched one episode and I was like all right um so we're gonna we're gonna not do that we're gonna not get back into wwe that's not a thing i'm gonna do and i moved on with my life that was right before the shield era wasn't it actually yeah yeah it was was around that time yeah 2013 yeah but i don't i don't mean to take eric's spot but i'm super curious like on a general level like uh alex or or bob what Hmm. is your like how did you how did you all get into it like did you have any lapses and stuff like that Story. I was about I to fully watch. say thank you for the structure to this show because that's why I didn't <laughs> yeah. plan to ask that question. I, I guess just because I'd rather go unplanned. It adds less anxiety. It makes it fun. So, yeah, the question Dory just asked, 10 points to that. 10 points to... <laughs> there are points now? <laughs> 10 points to Griffin, Dory. <laughs> On to you, Griffin, Dory. <laughs> um, I didn't get into wrestling like until I was probably like... Gryffindor, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get into wrestling until I was like 12, 13 maybe. But like, ironically, when I was like a five years oh, old, wow. my grandma got me like a little um, suitcase uh, <laughs> that had Hulk Hogan on it. And it just said Hulkamania all, all through it. And I was like five. I was like, I don't know who this is, but it was cool. All right, whatever. And, <laughs> and then when I was like 12, my cousins were watching wrestling and Kurt Angle was on screen. That's like my first wrestling memory. I don't even remember what happened or what he was doing. That's just all I remember. That's the Olympian were, Kurt Angle. Yeah, and they were like, I "Do you like metal with a broken freaking <laughs> neck?" All right, so it's reverence time here. <laughs> but I remember one of my cousins was like, "Do you like wrestling?" And you know, I was like a kid, wanted him to think I was cool, so I was like, "Yeah, I like wrestling." And he goes, "Do you like Kurt Angle?" And I was like, "I don't know who that is." but I guess he's the guy on screen. So sure. Um, and then I, I ended up trying to watch it on my own. And I, the very first memory I have of watching wrestling was the episode where 
Vince McMahon at the very end of the show was sitting in his chair talking about how he was going to kill WWE, his own creation. And then he turns around and he has NWO written on the back of his chair. And that's the first storyline I ever got to get into for wrestling was when um, the NWO came back to WWF. Um, So that was really cool. And I remember being a huge Hulk Hogan mark at the time because he was the only one I knew. (laughs) Um, But then I really got into like the all i had was upn right so i could only watch smackdown so i got super into like the cruiserweight stuff like tajiri yep. and billy kidman and jamie Hull yeah. and, and the hurricane yeah. um and those four guys only those four guys fighting over the cruiserweight title <laughs> um and yeah yeah that that was that was my my big when i was like obsessed with it so like the smack when the smackdown six were a thing as well so yeah the big was it Undertaker, Kurt Angle, Edge, Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio, and Batista? number six can be whoever you want it to be. Maybe Chavo Guerrero. Um, <laughs> and then around, ironically, around 04, so after being really hot on it for like two years, I kind of fell out. And I did it kind of what you did as well, Dory. I, I checked in in like 2008, and I was like, I wonder what wrestling's up to now. And I saw Luther Reigns on screen, and I was like, ugh, no thank you. Um, <laughs> and then when I, Roman Reigns? No, no, it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Much. And then we, uh, uh, a couple of years later, I went, um, moved to Raleigh, moved in with some friends. Uh, we were up late one Friday night, Thursday night, maybe. We, we had been drinking. They were flipping through the channels and wrestling was on. And we saw, it was the episode in like 2012 where Big Show punched Vince McMahon, like KO punched him. And they were all like, laughing hysterically because big show just whiffed it <laughs> just <laughs> whiffed. and i was also sitting there like kind of in the corner like yeah this is terrible right and was, but I, like low-key when they were like drifting away doing something else i was just sitting there like but it is wrestling so, <laughs> so like, I just, and then around around 2012 I, I just got right back into it and you know used youtube to catch up and found out about cm punk and got super <laughs> obsessed with wrestling again <laughs> All right, before yeah. we move on to Bob, I just want to highlight real fast. We got Griffin Dory, we've got Huffle Bob, and we've got Alex Claw. Was that okay with everybody? Sure. <laughs> I've I don't seen the first of those movies, so yes, I'm <laughs> yes. okay with this. <laughs> uh, J.K. Rowling's terrible, so I'm not okay with it, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Is that the movie with the little wizard boy? No, it has to do with the guy who likes the girl vampire, and then... Uh, the oh, werewolf oh, okay. who is afraid of swimming. Mm. Show Bob. <laughs> oh, me. Um, so my first actual memory of wrestling, it, I think, goes back a little bit farther. Maybe because mm-hmm. I'm older. I don't know. Um, but I specifically remember my, my grandmother was actually a huge mm. wrestling fan and lived with us. So... Uh, she was watching something and to this day i'm 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 not quite sure what i think it was some sort of like saturday night's main event but i i was too young to really know what was going on and i just remember it was hulk hogan in the ring which is a recurring theme of any early 90s wrestling and he was like getting jumped by all these heels bad guys 
Um, You're going to have to be more specific about this. That, that's exactly <laughs> why I can't track down what this moment was. And I remember like walking into her room and watching this, and I was like, why are they all beating up this guy? And I was probably like five, six, mm. something like that. And she was just like, oh, because he's just like, you know, he's the champion. He's the best. And I had a, a very on and off, you know, I would watch every now and again or watch at a friend's house or I'd watch here and there going forward. And that led all through the Attitude Era. And for some reason, none of that stuff really, like, hooked me. I was still very, mm-hmm. like, everyone says that's always the prime of all of wrestling and everyone should bow down to Vince Russo and all that garbage. But I was like, uh, you Bro. know, this is... This is- <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Okay, one second, Bob. I, yeah. I just got to say that I always thought people were exaggerating how often Vince oh. Russo, one of the lead writers in WCW and WWF for a while... Um, yeah. said bro but i i read a recent a 2021 interview he says bro every fucking five seconds god i hate friends <laughs> yeah. russo a lot jim Cornette sucks too all right bob correct. go ahead correct on both takes <laughs> you. i totally respect that <laughs> um so yeah i didn't i didn't get like 100 like this is weekly television until mm-hmm. Oh one ish, oh two ish. The one I remember watching and being like, "Okay, this is it now." Is Jeff Hardy and Undertaker had a ladder match on Raw? Oh yeah, title, which was unbelievably good. And I remember just like being on the edge of my seat, watching edge of my bed, I suppose, watching this thing and being like, "This is amazing." And then from oh one till now, it's just been nonstop. And I've been I've been going to indie shows. Luckily, I have. Uh, in the tri-state jersey area i have a lot of options to pick from mm. so i've been to my fair share of like ring of honor shows jersey all pro shows which were a thing for a while wwe shows all sorts of all sorts of stuff so i've been uh spoiled with how much selection of wrestling i have uh, around here so uh, i i used to go to a, a karate place called tung sudo that was in uh malden and um, oh, nice. my the grandmaster there was actually involved in the local wrestling scene. Uh, His and, name uh, Hulk Hogan. No, <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, no, but uh, also Center terrible. Your but no, tea, brother. <laughs> That's right. But no, uh, his name is Grandmaster Byrne or something like that. And he was actually involved in, in, in the local wrestling scene. And so I got some local tickets to see him. I don't remember if he was any good. I also remember that there was a coffin match with like a knockoff Undertaker. Uh, and it was just yeah. super funny because me and my friend Victor uh, uh, went to go see it. And it was mm. just – I it was very weird because I'm like, that's not – Undertaker, what is this guy? Because I was like a teenager. I was like, I don't understand what this guy is doing. Like he's obviously trying to be Undertaker, but we all know he's not. So I don't, I don't get what he's doing. So I didn't get the idea that you know, so it's a similar gimmick, and you know, people do similar gimmicks, and undead stuff is not that uncommon. You got Abaddon and uh, Decay and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, so that was like my one local wrestling show. I've, I haven't been to any since. But Kim and I have tickets to go see AEW in uh october and we're hoping this fucking delta variant does not kill it um we're both fully vaccinated and we wear masks and stuff so i'm really hoping that it doesn't seem like AEW slowing down so i don't i don't i think it'll be okay but who knows i'm in in your exact same boat i got one for september for newark and i'm Mm. in the exact same like yeah fingers crossed everyone please just start getting vaccinated just be cool we're at like like 50.3 percent like i we should be way higher than that but you know yeah 
ironically i i live within walking distance of the greensboro coliseum which like if you would listen to wrestlers talk about it it's like like sacred ground in the wrestling industry and i'd say if you look at your fair uh, baseball players kinda it's one of those venues where like some big stuff has happened especially like i mean any big rick flair moment (laughs) back in the (laughs) 80s took place there but but like nobody they never come through (laughs) like when if wrestling comes through it either goes to charlotte or raleigh which are both an hour and a half in either direction of you which i get but like i mean when dean ambrose the last time they came through was for monday night raw and it was that episode where uh Dean Ambrose came back and he had his shaved hair and he was all jacked and everything. And they did a documentary where he was talking about, like, I wanted to come back to the Coliseum. Like, it, it's, you know, sacred ground here. Like, <laughs> making a huge deal out of it. And then I'm just sitting there like, well, why don't you come back every time you come through here then? <laughs> it was so damn special. Um, and and we, we really also don't have a lot of indies here. So most wrestling shows I went to were WWE. I would go to WWE. I went to NXT one time and charlotte um but that's because nakamura was there and i was like i'm driving an hour and a half to see shinsuke nakamura hell yeah yeah um and we we do have a local fed but um it's called pwx and that's in charlotte i'm not driving an hour and a half for an indie show on a tuesday i'm sorry no disrespect to them um we do have a local fed here in greensboro now though that uh i used to wrestle for and now go see shows and we've got a show they've, they've got a show coming up in nine days so yeah i i I think everyone forgot to mention this but alex himself used to wrestle so yeah oh yeah i did that god how you're not just gonna (laughs) moving on we forgot to leave with that eric we forgot to leave with that (laughs) so i called you what was your actual wrestling name uh alex henry that was that was my name it was fine (laughs) it was fine so creative (laughs) What did you have a signature move? Um, I used, I mean, I never really, like, I I didn't have any, like, live matches. I I straight up just trained and had practice matches. And then whenever we would have shows, I would help set up the ring and be security. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I know it sounds weird. I just never really had any interest of, like, doing an actual live show. And my trainer would always just be like, do you want to be on this thing or this thing? And I'd be like, no, no, not yet. It's like, well, what, you know, what do you want to do? I was like, I, I just want to wrestle. Like, I literally was going to training just to be like, this is fun. Yeah. Um, so I guess if I had a finisher, I did win matches with a leg drop or a spear or the, um, you remember seeing Punk would do that arm trap neck breaker where he'd like spin them around and then do a neck breaker through their arm or something. I would yeah. use that as well. Cause nice. I really like doing neck breakers. I really like that move. Alex kind of just reminded me, this is obviously going to be, uh, well, I, I think of it in my mind of like, hopefully mm-hmm. you all have so much fun. You're like, yeah, let's come back and do a part two, brother. I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But, um, what? Part one question mark. Is yes. all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, ver- ver- verbiage or like different, uh, Wordage you wordage use? That's not how you fucking say it at all. Anyway, so like uh, verbiage. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> Alex, since you pronounced it so great earlier, can you explain what K Fabe? I said K Fab. Yeah. You say K Fabe? You did. It was no, hurting I- me on the inside, but I, I out of out of out of politeness <laughs> as being a guest, I held on. 
You're thinking of a key fob. You're thinking of a yeah, key you're fob. Yeah, you're thinking yeah. of a Open key fob car. instead of kayfabe. <laughs> you mean the beat yeah, beat by kayfabe. car? Yeah. Uh, kayfabe is like wrestling secret language. Although it didn't really start with wrestling. I feel like it mostly started with like um, carnies. Because wrestling, wrestling is a carny industry when you get down to it, which is kind of why I'm not really in it anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, kayfabe is like the 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 secret language they would use back when um they still presented wrestling as a shoot, which is uh well they presented wrestling as real. Um, so they would have to use words as like a secret way to talk about these sorts of things maybe in public or if somebody overheard them so that they don't exactly know what you're talking about. So that's where terms like baby face and heel yeah. and push and giving them the rub. And is it a work or a shoot? Like, you know, stuff like cool. that. Busted open hard way, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I thought about asking this question. I was listening to uh, fire escape co- cast recently with uh, Mike Mahardy. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Riker. Dan Riker uses a lot of wrestling verbiage oh, now. Yeah, because he talking, works about, like, talking somebody up and he said, what did he say? He said something like, I would pull one over for them. Put them, putting them over? Oh, put them yeah, over. He's like, oh, I put yeah. them over anytime. And like, I always thought put them over was like not a good thing. But like, I guess it means, no, if you, I had to guess, no, you, all right, you guys just let me guess at this. Putting one over. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. This is going to be a great game. Let's do this. We'll give you. We'll give you a wrestling term, and you yes. tell us what it means. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So putting them over means um, letting them win to get them uh, pushed up higher in like the ratings and things like that. So if you're a better wrestler, you put them over to let them beat you just so they get more recognition. If I want to be anal about it, <laughs> I was going to say you're about ninety percent there. This is a nerd. There's two. There's, there's, there's two different word, two different versions of this. If you say somebody's going over, that means in a match that person's winning. So if it's me versus Bob, and I say, "All right, Bob's going over tonight," that means Bob's winning. But if I'm sitting here and going, "I'm going to put Bob over." That means that, like, if I'm cutting a promo or something, I'm talking him up. I'm presenting him as a threat. I'm I'm hyping yeah. up his character. So it's yeah. pretty much when you say you're putting somebody over, you're talking good about him. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to just being like, "This weaselly bastard doesn't <laughs> know what he's doing." This or doesn't and like that's if, that's <laughs> completely that's burying someone because yes, you're burying. making him look worse. But if you're putting him over, it's like. This guy's a threat, and I know I gotta train every day just to match him in the ring. <laughs> but right. I know I'm coming out on top. Like that's putting yeah. him over because it makes him seem mm-hmm. like a threat. Yeah, the best uh, the best heels like like they don't actually bury their competition. They put them over because if there's no if they're not actually a threat to them, then what's the point? There's no tension mm-hmm. anymore. So yeah, yeah I think Why I think good heels always to some extent put their opponents over. It doesn't have to be the full wave. They can put them over and then bury them a little bit. Like that's okay. Anyway, Alex, that's a fine speech, Dory. Dory, uh, <laughs> one more. When when we're done with the mini uh, ninety nine question segment on the show, which is trivia, uh, remind me <laughs> to ask you a question. But Alex went first with uh, getting me to All right. spot. So Here's Dory, you're next. Is there trivia coming up? Uh, was I <laughs> for me? For me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! You put me on the spot. I, I do got one more or another one for you. Uh, what is a work and a shoot? If something something can be a work or a shoot, I got one after this. A work, this is a fun game. okay. So I'm going to actually not go with my gut instinct on this one. A uh, work is going to be in front of the ring live audience, and a shoot is going to be uh, pre-recorded. Mm, no, close. 
not really. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. So, so work or a shoot is like, uh, like the Matt Hardy thing, Matt Hardy and Edge thing, right? Yeah. So people were going, is this a work or a shoot? So people being like, is this a work? Means like, is this just a story? Is it fake? Yeah, is it yeah. fake? But if you if somebody goes, nah, man, that's that's a shoot. They got they got they shoot hate each other. That means that it's real. Yeah, and so the two examples I want to give to you about this, Eric, is the first is that WCW, especially in their later years, loved, 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 especially with Vince Russo, bro, uh, in charge of the scripts. They would always try to be like, oh, this wrestling is a work, and you're a moron for or for yeah, wrestling is a work, and you are a moron for not knowing that, but that's all a shoot, but actually it's all a work. And like, they would try to like fuck with their audiences. I don't know why this is part of why WCW died, yeah. but like they would blur the lines between <laughs> real and fake so much that people would be like, well, am I an idiot or am I a genius? Like, what am I? So, and then the other thing is the big example is CM Punk's pipe bomb in 2011. Yeah. I think it was where he basically went off on Vince McMahon, went off on WWE and was just told to go out there and say whatever he felt like. So people were like, "Is this a shoot, or is this like a really uh, a really?" Yeah, and, and first... I started watching yeah. right when C- CM Punk uh, retired. Yeah. I remember now. Oh. Yes, to, to do to, to break your brain about that too. CM Punk's pipe bomb is what we call a work shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he is shooting. Like he is saying how he actually feels. But WWE basically told him to do that, so it is a work. Okay. They're so presenting it like, yeah, they're presenting it like it's real when even it, it was something they planned. But a good, uh, the easiest way to describe it is work means uh, fake and shoot means real. Yeah, and you never want to work yourself into a shoot. That's what I always Brony <laughs> <heard>. marks. Yeah, <laughs> because if because you never want to be insulted by someone and they know it's a work, but then after you get insulted, you get so hot at them and angry. That you legit are angry. Now you're working yourself into a shoot, brother. And that's never good. I have self-deprecating humor that I've had many issues through my life of like making fun of myself in front of other people. And then they feel like suddenly they can tag on to that. I'm like, no, nobody fucking invited you to this. Okay. This is a self-hate party. You do get not get any cake. Anyways, they're working themselves into a shoot. You can't do that. <laughs> Have you had a um, also, de- definition question for me? Yeah, what was yours? Bro? Yeah, so oh, I got uh, I got one more for you, Eric. This fine. one's a layup. I mean, I think you already know what these two words mean, but it's the the only it's the two other like biggest terms heel in wrestling. Uh, uh, yeah, heel and babyface. What is what does that mean? See, here's my issue with this. This is a layup. Heel is you're supposed to be hated, like but heels are some so of the best. <laughs> <laughs> It feels like we're gatekeeping so bad. It's like, oh, you like wrestling? <laughs> Name three wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear, everybody, we don't actually give a shit if you know what these terms mean or not. But it's just uh, Eric wanted trivia questions, so that's what we're doing. Yeah. Alex, is it just me, or did that question or that like joke pop up more frequently recently? Which one? The what? The, the, if you know this, the name this. Like, did yeah. that? Joke? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so you like really feminism? Awesome. Name every single woman. Well, Whitney yeah. Houston, obviously. So I was playing Mario Kart with my daughter earlier, and my daughter, which she doesn't even know how to fucking play, she gets twelve every time. We cheer her on. Anyways, 
where she was playing, and then she was like, oh, I did really good at that turn. I was like, oh, did you? Name every turn. And I was like... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to go into business for myself here, but I got... I got. <laughs> I, I literally had to tweet something out the other day because me and a co-worker made a joke about that, and like we didn't get any work done for like 20 minutes because he was... Mum- we were talking about this, and I just hear him mumble from his desk, oh, oh you're a feminist? Name every single woman. And I just went, ah, shit, how does Mamba number five go? (laughs) Tweet, and that's that probably adds on to my like uh, compounding of like, oh, there's a big joke now because that joke was fucking hilarious. And I started trying to go through my head of like a little bit of Monica. Okay, that's one. A little bit of Monica (laughs) in my life. I I literally came up to him later and I was like, bro, I got six likes. This shit's a banger. (laughs) (laughs) I um when we oh man. There, there was a tweet on uh, on Twitter, I was about to say, uh, but now I realize that's a silly statement. <laughs> a tweet on Twitter. Uh, there's a tweet on, on Facebook, that's right. It was on um, the internet no. as well? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in a Twitter thread and someone said that someone needed to be surrounded by attitude adjusting seal. And, oh yeah, they were talking about um, fucking Bezos, Bezos, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and it was a reference to guillotines. Um, and I was like, damn, but Attitude Adjusting Steel would be an excellent band name. And I got like 50 likes off that. And I was like, well, damn, okay. I like, apparently I was right. Why did I think of John Cena in the Steel costume? From- That's right. Attitude Adjusting Steel. There you go. Attitude Adjuster, right? They used to call that the FU and then they moved it. Anyway, Eric, what what is Babyface? What is heel? Oh, yeah. A heel is a villain. A Babyface is a good guy. However, in my history of watching this... Babyface are most disliked, and heels are most liked. Heel oh. makes a heel turn and goes against the audience. Out. And a babyface is, I look good. Let me talk to the camera. Everybody loves me. The heel, well, a heel turn is when a good guy becomes a bad guy. Yeah, so yeah. they're turning I, to being a heel. But like I'd say lately, yeah, since fans have gotten like more wise to the internet. Um, and wrestling, like people do tend to gravitate towards heels more because they feel like they know more about the business brother. Um, but like, and it comes down to like, oh, this guy's a great bad guy. He's so good at his job. You know, that's why yeah. I think he's fun. Cause he's cool. And I, I'm not, I'm not trying to pull the, I was a wrestler card, but it's so easy to be a bad guy. Like, I don't want to be is. rude about it. But think about how easy it is to be a jerk, like, when you're yeah. being a character. All right, yeah. and now think about how hard it is to be like, I have to go out there and make all of these strangers like <laughs> That's multiple, really hard. Multiple <laughs> demographics of all ages still appreciate what I'm doing. Like, yeah, that's very so hard. Have you all, has everybody, has everybody here watched Suicide Squad yet? Yes. I have. I have. So, I have watched several spoiler videos on it, so feel free to talk about it. <laughs> so I know everything. <laughs> so I know what that movie is. So uh, so in my mind, in his wrestling, John Cena minus his... Uh, what was his rap? Peacemaker. Era? No, no. Peacemaker? His, uh, no oh. it, his rap era... The, doc- the, the Doctor of oh, Thugonomics. The, the Doctor of Thugonomics, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Minus that Word era, life. John Cena was one of the most... Um, one of the most like baby face through his most of his career, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Correct. So to watch yeah. him be peacemaker is just like, oh, this guy had a lot of bottle up. I just want to like be a jerk on screen in my mind. Mm-hmm. He was just so good the yeah. whole time, and now he's just like, 
I'm gonna be the biggest douche alive, and it's gonna be grand. Yep. He's great. He's fucking phenomenal in that in that film. Yeah. Just don't go back to watch those old WWE movies. But yeah, in this movie, he's great. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Marine is a classic. <laughs> Which one of the seven are you referring to? <laughs> Uh, Bob, I, I know you, you had a term, right? That you wanted to throw oh, in Eric? I, I, I wanted to give you one you probably wouldn't get, because I'm just a stinker like then that. Do it. Uh, do it. What's a Broadway? Wait, even I don't know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> this is old. This is going way old school, I think. This is, yeah. But if if, if two, re- I'll give you context to it, too. If two wrestlers are saying, we got to go out there and give them a Broadway. What are they referring to? A very long show that has to cover a grand amount of time and has a lot of dialogue in it where it should just be well, fighting. Uh, no, 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 what you are. No dialogue. Zero dialogue. <laughs> Roll it back. Just Triple H has to sing on the microphone the entirety of Hamilton and you're going to fucking like it. Alexander Hamilton. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Time to play uh, Hamilton. Unless, so, unless, so not unless. not too yeah, not too far off. Uh, yeah, Broadway is is basically like we're gonna go to, traditionally to a time limit draw, which usually back in the day was an hour mm-hmm. uh, match. Basically, meaning two old school wrestlers are gonna go an hour, just calling it on the fly and and you know putting on a show just for themselves. Uh, and nobody wins except yeah. for us, the fans. Except for the yeah. fans, of course. Theoretically, I, I this didn't end in a draw, but Impact had a Iron Man match uh, between <laughs> the um, the 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 um, oh gosh, the X Division champ um, Josh Alexander, mm-hmm. um, and I don't remember who. I think it was TJP or somebody else, and it was phenomenal. Uh, go out of your way to watch that match because that match is terrific. It's a it's a sixty minute Iron Man match, and I mean it's. It didn't even feel like 60 minutes. I watched it and I was like, holy shit, there's only 15 minutes left. Like, how is that possible? Ooh, so. I got I got a good topic here. Uh, if I could steal the hosting gig from, from <laughs> no. Eric. Wait, wait, Eric, Eric, you did it. Eric, you did have a question for me earlier. And if we go oh, any longer, yeah. I am going to forget that you had a question for me. Do you remember <laughs> the question? No, but uh, segue. God um, damn it. Speaking about segues, <laughs> did it exist prior? Um the first instance, somebody correct me when I'm wrong. The first instance of K-pop being needed was two wrestlers that hated each other in the ring. were on the airplane together, and they're just throwing it out, being best of friends. And then a bunch of fans were just like, this shit's fake, man. Oh, and that's the point I was going to make earlier, Dory. I appreciate you reminding me. So to me, there's less of a, a question, more of a point. To me, uh, being as a kid, it's just like... I've been lied to. <laughs> presents are real. Christmas is great. Santa comes and brings us presents every year. This is fantastic. What do you mean? What, what do you mean? Wrestling's not real. I was talking about Christmas. Christmas <laughs> yeah. is not real. Wrestling is the completely real? real. Sorry, oh, okay, I, 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 I had to catch up. Christmas no. is a shoot, brother. <laughs> Santa, Santa, what, did wasn't gonna put over the Easter uh, buddy this year. He's like, that doesn't work for me, brother. It's just Chris Kringle going into business for himself. Yeah. <laughs> There's a point where you hit like late middle school or early high school where you find out that like, okay, so it's elementary school to middle school that you find out Santa's not real. Let's just say. <gasps> Let's what? just say. 
And let's She's just say that, work rate. <laughs> let's just say middle school to high, high school, school is when you find out that like quote unquote wrestling's not real. And that turns a bunch of people off from it. It's just like, well, if it's not real, why am I here? But like people kept I mean, getting presents during Christmas time that an imaginary elf brought to them and it was still a joyous equation. Occasion. A what? <laughs> words. <laughs> words don't matter where we are. <laughs> so here's my here's my kind of counteract to that is that other than sports, mm-hmm. which is arguable, it's at least as fake as everything else on television. God yeah. damn it, every Buffalo other dish. What I was saying. So no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! This is turning to a shoot. <laughs> so here, once, brother. once you realize <laughs> like it's quote unquote like fake someone brought you the presents that's not Santa you realize you're still getting gifts and you realize that like you're still getting excitement and joy and then if you ever get back into wrestling and ever like redisco- rediscover it as somebody who's like oh, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's real or fake those motherfuckers put their bodies through more athleticism and damage and pure reckoning than most other athletics. Mm-hmm. Bob, go on with what you're saying. That was about all I had to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 like the idea that wrestling is fake, therefore it doesn't matter, is ridiculous. All movies are fake, and yet you get invested in those characters anyway. Like. Yeah. There are several storylines that that I'm invested in with with AEW mm-hmm. and Impact right now, and like I know it's all scripted, but that doesn't matter. Like there are still real human beings involved, and like there are real emotions. Mm-hmm. Like when Hangman fucking wins that title, I'm gonna scream in joy because yeah. it's gonna happen at full gear, and I'm gonna be fucking ecstatic, ecstatic about it. So like, yeah. yeah, I don't care that it's scripted or whatever. You know, it doesn't I matter. Think the, the best way to put wrestling in perspective is. It's not a, a sport that's trying to convince you it's real. It's a show about a sport, if that makes yeah. sense. It's a fictionalized show about a sport. Yeah, it's, it just, has- it, it, it's like plays. They still, like when I go out there, you know, and I watched, you know, Beetlejuice on Broadway, I didn't go, holy shit, that's a ghost. Like, no. Hey, <laughs> you're not at all in a mansion. You're in a <laughs> Wait a second. Undertaker's not dead. Yeah. This episode is canceled. I just want to hear Alex talk about the, the Beetlejuice Broadway for 30 minutes. This isn't like, this is a bathtub. We're not show. at the beach. <laughs> Uh, actually, I just got a I just got a Discord message from my girlfriend who calls it IRL sports anime. All right, well, I think that's pretty that, accurate. My on top of that, this is kind of a compliment and insult at the same time. Is my issue and compliment to wrestling is it's a soap opera for men, which is very much a comic book analogy as well. Is there's mm-hmm. so much depth and lore and. You have to know that at one point Kane was Undertaker's brother and he set the whole house on fire and that's why his face is burned. And the other end of things, you have to know that Undertaker was a biker in one world and he had a biking persona. And he and Big Show race uh, across the, the fucking Valley of Death on their motorcycles together in one of the weirdest fucking promos of all time. Yep. They went God damn. Valley. Yeah, um... 
Yeah, I, I mean, people make fun of this this meme. This is like a really old school internet meme. But like when the guy starts choking up and tearing up and saying it's still real to me, damn it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I really genuinely think that that's the essence of wrestling for a lot of people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, of course, like it's scripted. But like that doesn't matter. And it's so not the point anyway. Like people who say that aren't actually trying to engage in any kind of discussion about wrestling. They just yeah. want to dismiss it. It's the same thing with video games. It's the same thing with anime. It's the same thing with so many things that people are like, oh, that's just mm-hmm. kid yeah, stuff. It doesn't ma- So therefore it doesn't matter. You know, it's fake. Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't matter. People can watch, you know, bad TV shows, bad movies and be like, can you believe this is what a joke this is. Mm-hmm. And then when you watch, you know, the greats of all time, you watch the Sopranos and you watch Lost because it's a great show and I won't go off on that. Uh, and you watch <laughs> uh, and you watch uh, Breaking Bad and all that kind of stuff and you're like wow like i'm really enamored in these characters in this character arc and like where these characters are going and like you never once look at your screen while you're watching breaking bad and are like these freaking actors can you believe they want us to think this is real that's brian Cranston. yeah (laughs) this guy's yeah was it real lightning the undertaker summoned yeah, it's, it's never a question, but for some mm-hmm. reason with wrestling, you get those same character arcs, you get those same character progressions, uh, you, you still root for the same people and you still want the same people to fail, but like people are so quick to just be like, but it's fake, did you know? Because it's, like, it's the only thing yeah. they know about it. And yeah, so they feel like they've got like a one up on you for some yeah. reason. I'm going to tap I'll... the shoulder and I'm going to always... tap the shoulder of everyone watching Game of Thrones and be like, fake you know <laughs> they don't have, they don't I'm, really I'm, have I would love it if you just go up to like uh the oh god I can't remember anyone's name Ned uh Ned's Ned what? Stark Ned Stark Ned. like you go up like walk up to Ned Stark and just look him in the eye as he's like about to you know at the end of season one and you just look him in the eye and go dude you know it's fake right like you're gonna be fine <laughs> yeah. no just walk up real close and be like you worked yourself into a shoot brother <laughs> 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 you you should have done some backstage politics, brother. You should have told me, nah, this doesn't work yeah. for me, brother. Just, I mean, it, it just reminds me of that great bit from um, Ron Funches, who he he does a whole stand-up bit about about the, uh, you know, it's fake, right? And his first reaction is just like, what kind of psychopath would I have to be to think that this is real? <laughs> He's like, oh, oh no, my world's been torn asunder. Like, <laughs> You mean to tell me that Jake the Snake didn't really let Undertaker get bit by a snake, but it didn't work on him because he's a zombie and ain't got no blood? <laughs> One of my favorite things that like Double or no- AEW's last event, Double or Nothing, is uh, Miro was facing Lance Archer for the mm-hmm. TNT Championship, and um, like Jake the Snake, that's that's the relevant part came in and he got it he had a big bag and you know he didn't take the snake out but you know it was implying that it was he was bringing his his snake and uh miro just like caught the bag before he could let it loose in the ring and like spun it around and like threw it and i was laughing because i'm like i know it's not supposed to be funny and i feel like a little bad but like it's fucking hilarious because you know a snake isn't in there Although props to Jake the Snake, he legitimately did have snakes in WWF. But yeah, yeah. One spring in the ring, and it's directly in the middle, and it's not so that the ring is bouncy. It's so when you land on it, the ring doesn't snap. Like it's got yeah. it's so it's got some give. Because if when you when you look at the ring, you might think like, oh, it's 
a mat and padding. It's a steel frame with two by fours and a thin layer of foam about about that thin, and then a mat. And then the turn there's the turnbuckles with the padding in them, and then there's the ropes. And the ropes are either one of two things. They are um, like grapevine wire, like steel cables almost, or they're legit ropes that are taped up. But when you see people like, oh, they hit the ring and they bounced, or wow, they're running on the ropes and they're bouncy and going everywhere, it's not because they have a lot of give, it's because those are 250-pound dudes <laughs> running yeah. into ropes. Like and, and the, those, the first... And, and, the first time I, I ran the ropes, I had bruises down my back and on my yeah. arms. And when you take a bump in the ring, it feels like, like when it, when you take a bump, you like you'll you'll feel like right in the center of your shoulder blades. Maybe it feels like a shock wave just goes all throughout your body to the tips of your fingers and to the tips of your toes. Yeah, and then uh, what was I gonna say? There, there's all these spots too where like people have like broken the ring or like they pulled the the tarp off and stuff like that. Uh, even the name, like the the people always say, like those are ropes, like they're cables, like they're steel yeah. cables or whatever. Like I didn't even know that. Like I think the first time I figured that out was when Excalibur pointed out in AEW. He's like, he's such a fucking wrestling nerd. He's like, you know, the term you know ropes is actually completely misleading because they're more like steel cables. I'm like, wow, yeah. Like I I I need to find a picture of it. But like my first night when I did that, I literally had the entire bottom of my arm where like I hit, you know, do this on the ropes was bruised. And then I just had a row of bruises on my back under my shoulders. Did not feel good. (laughs) I actually kind of have a real reason why it's called that. Uh, Yeah. The the ring is square. The ring is square. But when you're um, obviously, but when, as far as this is what I was told, is if you watch two wrestlers when a match starts, like it, I'm giving you like a view from above here, they circle each other when it's starting. You always notice that, like they're like if I, if yeah. one guy's moving this way, the other person is trained to move this way because you always want to be facing them. So like it's literally you're moving in a circle when you're having a match when the match starts. That's that's the main reason I was I was given that. I'm sure there's another term that has come down throughout the years, but that's that's what I I always thought it was. Mm-hmm. No, that that's honestly what I always heard too. It's, it's also Greco-Roman like, wrestling takes place in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> and it's called yeah. That's what that's what I thought. The traditional too. wrestling circle, but you know, yeah, and it's called a ring. So that's maybe yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe <laughs> you're a mark. You're a mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked you what a mark was. Damn it, that would have been a much better one. <laughs> Jabroni mark. <laughs> oh i got i got i got a real fun side thing though is you know why they're called a mark it's it's also a carny term um in wrestling today a a mark means somebody who thinks it's real okay but it comes from back at like fairs and carnivals and stuff like that whenever like say i'm i'm a dude who goes to play like you know the, the basketball game or you throw the ball and knock down the things right and i'm really bad at it but I keep sinking money into it. They would, they, all the people working there would notice that and then literally like take a piece of chalk and mark me so that like other vendors could know to draw me in because I'm easy money. Yeah. That's literally where that term came from. Yep. Like, like with a piece of chalk or something, just 
when they're not looking just right on the back or something like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've I've learned I've learned two things in this podcast. I did not know about Square Circle and I didn't know about Mark. So I mean I knew about the term, but I didn't know where it came from. Is what On I mean. part two, I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you why they say work the left. <laughs> Every shoulder block you ever seen. Every shoulder block is on the Always left. On the left. <laughs> left side. Okay. If you watch wrestling, every time they do a shoulder block, they hit you with the left side or they'll, if they're working the arm, like somebody's got you in an arm bar, it's always the left arm um, or anything like that. Or if they're working the leg, it's always the left leg. That's because back in the day when wrestling was a trade, Eric's gone. <laughs> I'll keep going. So um, disgusted. At your okay. <laughs> breaking kayfabe here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whenever they would in wrestling, they do shoulder blocks on the left side. They they work the left arm. They work the left leg, which is to say they do all the submissions on the left limbs. It's because back in the 50s and 60s when wrestling was not a career, you know, all these dudes had daytime jobs. They would work at factories and stuff. And they would always say, work my left arm because if you go too hard and maybe hurt me, I've still got my right arm to work the machine at my job or to do my oh, job. Oh, wow. I didn't know that and either. Three things I've learned in this podcast. <laughs> So that yeah, they they would literally be like, just in case you you know you go <laughs> you go into business for yourself and break my arm, at least I can do my job tomorrow with my right hand. Like that's the, literally where that all came from. I'm sure it also needed some uniformity there as well with wrestling. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it also helps that a lot of people aren't left-handed. So hmm. yeah, that would suck for me if I ever wrestled. Yeah, I'm left-handed. Yeah, it's really difficult. <laughs> Bob, are you? Proud righty. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody cut that. Somebody cut that out of podcast. That's right. Somebody cut that out of context with Bob saying he's a proud righty. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Bob is canceled. There's a red hat falling on my head as I speak. No. Get out of here. Get out. I don't want to go golfing. No. 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 <laughs> I want to make a make a make wrestling great again, no. Joe. But it just no, that feels no. awful. Yeah, don't do it. Just don't do it. All right, don't do it. Okay. Anyways, yeah, um, somebody once told me saying, "I want to make a blank joke, but I'm not going to." You made the joke. Just <laughs> just accept the fact that you went too far already. Anyways, um, Montreal Screwjob. You professionals tell me what that's all about because that is shitty. Okay, I could at oh, least boy. start it. Uh, yeah, you go. You go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Bob, all you, buddy, all you. Okay, okay. Do you guys not know? Wait, wait. Does Alex and Dory? No, no, we do. It it's just no. like there's so much. There's, there's a, so much. There's a lot of layers here. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Part one, two, so, three. So we have to start with backstory here. <laughs> this is the A side. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at the time of the Montreal Screwjob, there were basically, and this is the broad strokes of it, obviously. Uh, there are two main stars on top of the wrestling industry at the time. The good guy, Bret Hart, family man, technical wrestler, Canadian hero, uh, all around good guy from all accounts. Uh, family, family of wrestling, correct? Uh, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, correct. Uh, several yeah. of his brothers, his father, uh, most anyone who married into his family became a wrestler for some odd reason. Um, 
Yeah, like a huge, you know, wrestling traditionalist. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, the bad guy in this story is Shawn Michaels, uh, who is an absolutely legendary wrestler, in-ring wrestler, but especially at the time, uh, had a lot of what wrestling likes to call demons. Basically, he likes pills a lot. Uh, and <laughs> and he was a, a general... Uh, uh, Piece of shit. That's correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, to where he was, you know, just... Uh, you know, not necessarily playing by the rules would sometimes, uh, uh, you know, shoot on someone in a promo, AKA just, you know, say how he really felt would do a lot of backstage politicking for his position. Uh, was he also a phenomenal wrestler at the time? Yes, but he's also kind of a, a douchebag human at the same time. Uh, yeah. so these two personalities did not mesh well at all. And this all led, uh, to them having a match against each other, a, a couple of matches against each other, uh, where they did not like each other at all. Genuinely shoot real world like they're going to put on a good match, but neither person likes each other. And then at certain points, like Shawn Michaels, the, the bad guy would like insinuate that Brett was cheating on his wife with one of the other female wrestlers at the time. And like they just really did not like each other. Um so it all led to this one event, Survivor Series 97, uh, 1997, I think, it might be 98, um, where they had a match against each other for the title. But the big uh, asterisk on this is that uh, it was the end of Bret Hart's contract with WWE, WWF at the time. Um, so somehow i don't know how they let this kind of just lapse he was main eventing this pay-per-view as the champion but he had no contract beyond that match like he could have just left and he refused to have Shawn michaels win because he said this guy is a scumbag we're in canada by the way they're in calgary i believe um for the pay-per-view and yeah. he was like i'm not letting this Wait, scumbag uh, guy beat me is, in my home country is calgary is calgary in montreal alberta alberta yeah calgary pause alberta canada uh if lance stormed up anything yes alberta. And, and an asterisk to add to what you just said bob mm -hmm. he offered to drop the title the very next night on raw yeah. I don't remember who he said he wanted to drop it to. I think even one of the names he was even throwing out there was Steve Blackman yeah. or not Steve Blackman. Uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Other MMA guy. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Dan Severin? Ken Shamrock. Or Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Yep. He just was like, I don't want to drop it to Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And he also had in his contract that he was not going to lose if they were in Canada. Like that was specifically a part of his contract. Yeah. Which is, you know, a little particular, but I don't know. You kind of get it. Um, so, Alex, you want to pick it, up the B side of this? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like like Bob was saying, uh, they're in Calgary, pause, Alberta, Canada. Um, he's facing Shawn Michaels. He said, I'll be happy to, you know, do my job, go out there and wrestle the guy. My contract does end. But I'm not dropping it to Sean, but I will drop the title tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. Uh, on top of the fact that in my contract, it specifically says I can't lose in Canada. So they're, they're having a match. Good match, by all means, two of the best in the world, right? 
uh, they're wrestling. Shawn Michaels kind of gets the upper hand. And I think Vince McMahon and maybe some of his goons, I'm not entirely sure, it's kind of fuzzy, come out to, to ringside for the match. Um, they are essentially, you know, I don't think they're really interfering, but they're present. And then Shawn Michaels gets the upper hand in the match and puts Brett in the sharpshooter, which is Brett's signature submission move. So it's kind of a double whammy there. He's putting Brett in his own submission move. And as soon as he locks in the hold, Vince tells the ref to call it. So to say as if Brett had submitted submit, and yeah, given up as if Brett had submitted. Yeah. yeah. Even though he clearly hadn't even been in the hold long enough to like be in position. <laughs> and so the ref calls it, they ring the bell. They say that he submitted. Brett is clearly still like grabbing on to Sean and trying to get out of it. And he just looks confused. Sean immediately tries to book it out of the ring. <laughs> And Brett grabs him by the leg, and and Sean falls. Uh, Sean eventually gets out of the ring when Brett realizes what's going on. Uh, And he famously spits in the face of Vince McMahon. uh, Because he just realizes he's been been screwed out of his title. Um, And he... uh, Yeah, he's been screwed out of the title. Vince clearly called it when Brett did not submit to the move. Um, and then sidebar, it was kind of speculated and common knowledge that Brett was probably going to their rival company, WCW, when his contract expired. So he spit in Vince McMahon's face and then on national television spelled out WCW with his hand, like with his pointer finger, uh, for everybody to see while the camera's directly on him. And then Sean, um, booked it out of there, uh. And I'm, I know some stuff happened backstage after that. Oh, did it not, ever. <laughs> not quite clear on it. Dory, do you want to tell I'll us take the see, I'll stuff? take the seaside, the aftermath stuff. <laughs> yeah. So first off, if you want an actual journalistic take on this stuff, you should watch Dark Side of the Ring. Um, it yeah. has a whole episode dedicated to the Montreal Screwdrop, and it goes into the backstage stuff. Dude, I don't remember all the stuff they detailed, but basically Bret Hart stormed backstage Shoot out Vince McMahon, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels denies that he knew anything was going on or that he knew anything was happening. Uh, you know, Vince is trying to profusely apologize, kind of, uh, or make excuses. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which, probably a little both. Um, yeah. and, and Brett is just absolutely livid. Um, I will mention a really interesting thing that doesn't get talked a lot about that Dark Side of the Ring did a fantastic job with is the referee, Earl Ebner, uh, or Earl Hebner, who is now like a legendary referee at this point, and his son is refereeing now um, for Impact. Um, he's like in his mm-hmm. 40s or something now. Um, he ran for his fucking life because he was <laughs> yeah, like, I am going to – this Canadian crowd is – I don't care how polite Canada says they are. They are going to kill me. So he got the hell out of – he got a taxi and he got out of there, uh, and mm-hmm. he relays a whole story about him trying to make amends to Brett, uh, and now they, they are on good terms. But he remembers getting a call – because uh, he had been uh, he had been literally living in fear for like years that, that Brett was going to come after him or that like other people were going to come after him or like try to hurt him, and um, he got a call from Brett Hart at one point years and years later, and he's like, "This is it. He's going to kill me. Like he's going to legitimately <laughs> kill me." Um, and it was actually Brett Hart like trying to like 
I, if I remember correctly, like trying to make amends because like he knew that Earl Hebner was put in a really tough spot. It's like you either do the deed here or you lose your job. And it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, like who can't, how is Earl Hebner going to tell Vince McMahon, the guy cutting his paychecks? No, he'll just replace him with another referee. So, so that's some of the aftermath stuff. As far as I know, I don't think HBK and Bret Hart ever, and nor do I expect them to, because they, as noted previously, absolutely hated each other uh, for real. But I don't think they ever made any kind of amends or anything. I don't think I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, um, I know that he did eventually come back, Bret Hart. That is in a 2011-2012 storyline where he basically got to like fuck over. Uh, Vince McMahon at WrestleMania, uh, and it was supposed to be like really cathartic. in Montreal, right? I think it. I don't know. I don't know. Remember if WrestleMania was in Canada or not? But he he definitely beat up Vince McMahon and the McMahon family, and it was like him plus a lot of his family members basically getting like mud stomp all of them, he and had, like yeah, that's supposed to be, really, I guess, the feel good moment there. Yeah, he had a really really long match with Vince McMahon that was probably <laughs> about ten minutes too long, where he was just literally beating the crap out of him. I, I do want to I do want to add one so, quick thing though. After yeah. after the match itself, where you know obviously everyone said Brett was going to win except for Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, and the referee. They knew they mm-hmm. were screwing over Bret Hart and Shawn was going to leave with the title. Uh, afterwards, and it's actually documented on, I want to say it's called Wrestling with Shadows, which is a 90s like mm. documentary movie that just happened to be filming yes. at this exact yep. pay-per-view, which is really, really good. Uh, Vince McMahon, since he knew he screwed over Bret Hart, like Brett asked Shawn Michaels, like, did you know about it? And he said, no, which was a total lie. And he, a couple yeah. of years later, he said like, yeah, I, I lied just because I was a scumbag. Um, yeah, I didn't know. That's why I ran for my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Vince McMahon basically like he, he fully acknowledges it. Like, yeah, I screwed him over. So I went into the locker room and he walked in there with Bret Hart and he, he was like, okay, you deserve to punch me in the face. Like mm-hmm. you deserve to owe me, you know, you owe me one. And here it is. And Bret Hart said, I'm going to go take a shower. If you're still here when I come back, I'm going to punch you as hard as I can. And he went in, <laughs> Bret Hart took a shower and he left. And Vince McMahon, which is one of the few modicums of like full respect I can give him. Cause he's a very strange fella. Um, mm-hmm. He he hung out there and he said, I deserve this because I screwed this guy over out of his title in his home country in front of his family, all this kind of stuff. So he stood in the locker room, waited for him to get out. Bret Hart came out of the shower and knocked him down <laughs> with a punch <laughs> right to the eye. And uh, there is a really good footage from that Wrestling with Shadows uh, documentary from the 90s of Vince McMahon staggering with a black eye <laughs> walking out of the locker room because he just got decked by Bret Hart. Um, and yeah, Bret Hart proceeded to leave the company and not talk to Shawn Michaels or Vince McMahon for about 12 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a whole uh, it was a whole thing. Uh, it was... I think, uh, I think Dory was the one that said it. Dory, can you tell me what HBK means? Oh, Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. Heartbreak Kid, I don't know, for whatever reason, resonates to me as one of the best, like, wrestling names ever. It's a great name. Brett the Heartbreak Kid Heart, right? No, Shawn Michaels. (laughs) 
Shawn Michaels there. That's Shawn Michaels there? Yeah, Brett the... Oh, God, this is why I'm not Brett a fan. The oh, I'm, dra- I'm, I'm drawing like... that later, though. Let me tell you. <laughs> Jesus, off-air, Alex is going to fucking RKO the shit out of me. <laughs> it is like the Heartbreak Kid is a great nickname. It's just, it gets really weird when Shawn Michaels comes out nowadays like or recently and he's like 50 <laughs> yeah. and he still called himself I associate that with the yeah I associate that with Bret Hart you know I, Bob said that he's the only modicum of respect and give to Vince McMahon is is that and I, I agree but I also want to give props to Vince for literally uh defeating God and HBK uh in the mid 2000s um yeah. so I I just you know really good job on that one Vince good booking he did book a tag team match against uh, him. For a little background there, uh, HBK had become a fucking born-again Christian or something like that, had given up alcohol and all that stuff. And probably by all accounts, whatever you think of the religion, uh, had probably made better uh, progress in his life in terms of not being an absolute douchebag um, and, and, and burying talent. And so um, Vince McMahon decided to have a match with him. And I think actually originally it was going to be somebody else, but I think they backed out or something. But anyway, he then he decided to make the feud about HBK's born-again Christianity. And so he decided to wrestle HBK in God with his son Shane. Uh, and God, of course, was just a spotlight that uh, that they shined down into it. And it was just implied that God was there. So I don't remember if uh, Vince McMahon won or not, but he did fight God. So, I mean, there's a little more respect for him. You know he's going over. You know he's going. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> he's not. He's not putting over God. I mean, if you read the Bible, I mean, it's absolutely a shoot. It's all a shoot. The Bible he is a shoot. God. The Bible is a shoot. Uh, so I, I am going to. Uh, can Can you guys tell me your feelings on mankind and dude love and uh, Cactus Jack? He's literally got a Cactus Jack shirt. I got the Cactus Jack shirt on right now. This motherfucker writes kids' books now, and that's just, of course, of course he does. Why wouldn't he write kids' books? I also want to point out that Mick Foley voices the boulder uh, in Avatar The Last Airbender. They originally wanted Rock, uh, The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson, to voice him, but they couldn't get him. Um, So Mick Foley, who's good friends with The Rock, uh, did it instead. It doesn't mean... Dwayne Johnson impression, and I mean, it's just. Are you fucking with me? Is that actually? It's actually, it's actually the true. It's no longer conflicted. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that that dead serious. That's Mick Foley. <laughs> yes. And for the record, Mick Foley is my favorite wrestler. I will still say hmm. the best wrestler of all time is still probably Ric Flair, uh, but for pure technical and promo wise, like acumen. But my favorite of all time is Mick Foley uh, in mm. all of his different personas to the point uh, where I have a signed Mr. Sacco uh, right here in the oh. background of my Zoom call. I went to one of his stand up comedy shows and I got a Mr. Sacco signed by him. It's one of my uh, praised items that I have. Yeah. yeah. You guys fight over who the best wrestler of all time is. I'll be right back. When I get back, I want a concise answer. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's Rey Mysterio. Let's, let's, let's wait for him to leave. Take off oh, his okay. headphones. So, he doesn't right. part. Yep. so it's Ric Flair. It's probably it's Ric Flair. Yeah, it's Ric Flair. Probably. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I I mean, I love Ric Flair, but I mean, I don't know. For me, it's like I mean, he, I, for me, it's Rey Mysterio. Probably. I mean, I I don't know. 
serious? He's really yeah. fucking good. Even yeah. even in his WC, yeah. I mean, especially in his WCW days, and even in his later SmackDown, and still today, I think he's one of the most consistently great. I'm not saying Ric Flair's not up there, by the way. Ric Flair's yeah. definitely way up there, but like, I don't I know. I think what I also take into consideration is: yeah. Are they the full package? Mm. And I'm not arguing that Rey Mysterio isn't the full package, but if you compare his wrestling acumen to Ric Flair, clearly two different eras. So clearly Rey Mysterio's style is more flashy. Rick's is clearly more methodic and old school. Okay. But when you compare the rest of the package as in their character and their promo work, I love Rey Mysterio. He's good at cutting promos. His character work is great because that mask is iconic. Yeah. You know, when you see that mask, you know what luchador that is. But promos. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't tell you a Rey Mysterio promo off the top of my head right now, but I can tell you about how Ric Flair is having trouble keeping these alligators down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't argue that Rey, uh, that uh, Ric Flair has definitely got the more iconic uh, and, and rightfully so promo game. So that's absolutely and we'll have We'll have to see this, I guess, with when Rey Mysterio eventually retires, but longevity as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rick wrestled for like, what, four decades? Yeah. yeah. Late 70s, and was, 80s, 90s, and into the 2000s. Absolutely. And was maybe 2010s as well, right? With Impact? Uh, well, listen, we don't... I'm sorry, that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> when, uh, I don't know that we talk about I that. I, I think we just look... I think you look at the Shawn Michaels and, and, and the I'm sorry moment, and yeah, then that was it. That, Everything after that was a fever dream for Ric Flair. And it, <laughs> that's it never how happened. I choose to look at it. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. Now, Rip Flair got really drunk at yeah. one night in North <laughs> Carolina, and then he like you know just decided to retire. You know. Yeah. Uh, so Eric, we have an answer for you. The greatest wrestler of all time is Jinder Mahal. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> what the, what a swerve! Wait, wait, uh, Eric, do you know what a swerve is? He's going into business for himself here. I'm <laughs> right. I am. I love how many fucking times we've referenced that stupid line. <laughs> He carries the hopes and dreams of 1.4 billion people of India on his shoulders. Yeah. Modern day Maharaja. Himself. Literally the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. His Just shoulders the are the Mount Rushmore. That's of right. Wrestling. <laughs> I think it's. I don't know what name you said. <laughs> Jinder Mahal. The modern day Maharaja. Yeah. I can't do it like Former him. Former WWE like champion. Boys. Jinder Mahal. Thank you I still can't believe the, they actually gave him the title. Of course, he had to be a bad for, guy to do it. But former yeah. United States champion, by the way, won it at WrestleMania. Nice. By God, former three MV, and he's from Canada. <laughs> now I'm getting confused between him and Kenny Omega. <laughs> they're the, they're practically Why on the same level. That's right. I'm really confused. You guys said best wrestlers of all time, and I keep typing in Iron Sheik. <laughs> Uh, have you seen the Iron Cheeks Twitter game, um, Eric? Oh, have you seen his Twitter boy. game? Because it is mean. It is good. Oh, no. Uh, I, Iron Cheek was honestly like when Twitter was founded. I'd like to believe that Iron Cheek like gained a life expectancy of a couple more decades because like yeah. he was born to be on Twitter. Like there are some people who just like needed Twitter to exist years before it actually did, and Iron Cheek <laughs> is one of those people. When I was making my Twitter account, I had to really weigh the risks because I was afraid if I got on Twitter while the Iron Sheik was on there, he'd break my fucking back <laughs> and make me humble. And perhaps make you humble. <laughs> <laughs> or, and he would either call me a jabroni or Bubba. And, you know, it goes one of two ways. 
And either way, re- results in tears from Alex. <laughs> My favorite part about the white, sh- uh, the, the Iron Sheik is that he absolutely adores doing drugs of all sorts, <laughs> but he only, re- but he only refers to them as gimmicks or medicine. <laughs> so he talks about his friends who would do drugs with him and he goes, oh yeah, I had a couple medicine men. <laughs> and it's like, wait, 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 what is-? And I was like, what did they do? And he go, yeah, they do uh, A to the Z, all the gimmicks, every single one. <laughs> My favorite reappropriation of a wrestling term is the word gimmick. Yeah. Agreed. Because gimmick means um, your character. But st- I, yeah. I fell in love with the, when I heard Stone Cold call the bills he got in the mail gimmicks. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but they send you these little gimmicks in the mail called bills. <laughs> Certain old school wrestlers will refer to anything as gimmicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anything that they think is like. Well, this doesn't apply to the Sheik, but I always, when I normally hear it, it's anything that they think is like, you know, this, you know, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, yeah, You know, exactly. like, <laughs> yeah, anything that they don't want or dislike or don't take seriously as a gimmick. Yeah. I'm sitting at a restaurant, this waiter dropped off this freaking gimmick, it was like $400, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, yeah, that, it, it's it's amazing. It is, it is great to just drop into everyday vernacular. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, all right, so since since Bob and Dory have already stolen the show, I'm, I'm doing one now. I'm Dolph Ziggler in this thing. Oh. Um, I got a question for everybody, <laughs> and, and it kind of goes with the question you were asking, Eric. Who's your favorite wrestler, and who do you think is the best wrestler? Because those are two; those can be two different people. So, I, I, yeah. well, you know, uh, Bob, Bob, who do you think is the best wrestler of all time, and who's your favorite wrestler? I think we already kind of know the answer, right? <laughs> yeah, is Ric Flair and Mick Foley? Ric Flair interchangeably, is the best, <laughs> and my favorite is Mick Foley. I mean, Mick okay. Foley is is just a, a wonderful human being who has these psychologically incredibly interesting matches and character work and promos. And stuff like the Kane Dewey promo that he's done in the past, like mm. literally will bring tears to my eyes in the right moods. Like he is it, it, just the deepest person ever. And then Ric Flair, I think, is just the best like pound mm-hmm. for pound wrestler uh, because a his promos are the best. B his in ring wrestling is phenomenal. And then C he always makes the other guy he's against look better than they could have otherwise. He's yeah. always good in that regard. And like. In like the doing the begging off because he he makes them yes. look super strong or like he can sell the moves that the other guy does regardless of their experience level and make them look like a million bucks like the the flare flop yeah or the the flip up the turnbuckle <laughs> exactly. such a good bump it's one of the best bumps in wrestling absolutely so those those are my so two, uh, sure. since you okay since you brought up uh, Mick Foley uh, can you guys quickly go over the uh, Mick Foley and I believe Undertaker Hell in the Cell match. He got thrown That's in a... the car. <laughs> yeah, he fell. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you guys are going to simplify that match. I think that I think I mean, that that match changed wrestling. I, I think it did too. I remember watching that people... on pay per view. I think that was one of the first matches I ever saw on on TV. And my friend, who was really into wrestling and loved uh, uh, Hulk Hogan. Um, 
was like really adamant about me seeing that match. And so I remember watching that match on pay-per-view with him and just being dumbfounded that someone could fall from that. I thought wrestling was the coolest shit ever. And then I don't think I went back to it for another few years. But you know. isn't it so which fall, funny? Which fall are you talking okay, about? Okay, so there's two falls, right? Fall. So there's one fall that was planned and there was one fall that wasn't because him going off the cell was absolutely planned. Uh, and he agreed to do the bump and all that. But him getting chokeslammed through the steel cage was not planned. And Undertaker literally thought he killed Mick Foley for a good yeah. like 10 seconds because. Yeah. Yeah, that was not planned. Plus, isn't it so funny, too, how the first time we see this match, like, we were all obviously younger. We thought it was the craziest shit we'd ever seen in our yeah. lives, right? Wrestling got another cool point for us. But if we watch it now, it is tough to get through. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. like you know, obviously being an adult, you know, like, you know, your perspective changes. But it's just one of those things where you're watching it going like, man, you didn't have to do that. Like. <laughs> That, that that took off years of of Mick's career. I mean, he, he could have, and I know, so I know, he went back eventually after WWE. But like, he could have done so much more full time stuff if he hadn't done that match. I don't, I don't know how much longer because he was already doing elbow True. drops off the side of the ring on the concrete. Yeah. True. He's been doing that since the mid eighties. Like that's yeah. right. That's true. <laughs> but and yeah, I, I do want to say another negative side effect that's unrelated to Mick Foley is everybody after that match felt like they had to do yes. so much more, so much worse to their body. I mean, that's how, I mean, honestly, that's probably partly how we get GCW, which I, I, I like those kind of matches, but I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Like, like Foley tells it himself. He goes like, yes, do, do I regret it? Not for a second, because mm -hmm. like I took basically two really hard bumps, but it's the most replayed moment in wrestling history. So like I will f live in the annals of time forever because mm -hmm. of that. But then people who are trying to replicate it in a, a, a rec center in front of 800 people and it's never replayed once, it's like, what are you doing? Like, I know you're yeah. trying to make a name for yourself, but this isn't the way to do it. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah Kevin Nash said something in an interview. Yeah. Kevin Nash said something in an interview recently about this match where he specifically said like exactly what you guys said. It changed wrestling. He thinks for the worst, not, he's not saying it destroyed the industry and, you know, changed wrestling and something it shouldn't be. Yeah. But you know, he said when he was coming up, he could do this 365 days a year. No problem. Cause he knew he could go out there. He could do the same damn thing every night and people would pop for it. Like people would love it because that's where mm. pops. Another term yes. actually when the audience goes, Ape yeah, show. There you go. yeah, he could do this. He could go out there and have the same match with Hulk Hogan every night, you know, and nobody's getting from it and feel great the next day. Yeah. But then Mick Foley throws himself off the cell and suddenly wrestling fans expectations are different overnight and he can't be that same guy anymore um don't get me wrong kevin nash didn't change a damn thing <laughs> about how he wrestles no. yeah. but but it's Four exactly years. that is you know he could you know they could be doing the same thing they've been doing for years and have longevity and healthy lives and you know not have to kill themselves but mick foley you know falls so hard that his tooth comes out his nose and now suddenly everybody has to jump off cake on the on, on on that note, just for anybody who has never seen it before or not, the uh, the point of standard I always think of with this match is motherfucker had a tooth in his mustache. So if you've never seen this match, just picture a tooth being on somebody's mustache, and that's the fucking kind of brutality. Because it came through to. his upper lip. Not because it came out 
mouth. Yeah, that's not like hyperbole. It's like a tooth you can see on his mustache yeah. when the match is yeah. over. Because he even says like the first fall like off the cell, the one that Dory was saying, like that was the planned fall. Into the yes, table, into the right? table. Like yeah. that hurt a lot. Yeah, but yeah. the one through the cage planned. <laughs> that one was the not planned one. And there happened to be a, a chair on top of the cell. Oh, and yeah. it followed him down. And he goes, the actual hitting of the ring hurt a lot because he didn't expect it, but it wasn't so bad. But the chair followed and instantly smashed him in the face, knocked him out cold. And like <laughs> If you watch the match, there's they have to do a lot of like we need to fill time here. Yeah, Terry Funk comes in. The, yeah, the, Terry the, Funk comes the, in. A couple other people come in, and and like they Terry try to Funk. buy him some time so yeah. he can get back up. Terry Terry Funk, who's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, I have another uh, signed thing by him right behind uh, the Mick Foley piece because it's just one of my favorites. Um, he came into the ring literally just because he knew Foley was knocked out cold, and he was like, "I need to take a bump just to fill time." <laughs> but it's an amazing story for Mick Foley's book where like. Terry Funk got choke slammed by Undertaker and all this kind of stuff. What's the name of that book? Uh, the original is Have a Nice Day. He's written like That's five, but um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Terry Funk gets choke slammed and he literally gets choke slammed out out of his sneakers, like his sneakers yes. left in the ring. So the way Foley tells it is that he was knocked out from the chair, like hitting him in the face as he fell down from the cage, and then when he woke up, all he saw in the ring was a pair of empty sneakers, and he was like. What's going on here? <laughs> and it's because Terry Funk. Michael is just, Jordan, is that you? Because <laughs> Terry Funk is just an awesome human being and was like, I need to fill time for my friend here. And uh, yeah, he's a, a great guy, great moment. Uh, speaking of chairs hitting people in the face, um, we got Bob's answer. Dory, oh, yeah. we'll go to you next, yeah. real quick. The 100 chairs incident. Can you guys tell me about that real fast? Oh, the ECW one? Yeah, that where somebody asked for a chair and then ended up being. Yeah, so uh, here's my explanation in about five seconds. (laughs) ECW fans. That's my fucking explanation for you. There's no explanation that's going to actually satisfy anyone. It's ECW fans. I don't know what to tell you. Someone said, hey, can I have a chair? And ECW fans are polite and nice. And they're like, sure, you can have my chair and 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 my axe and my sword and my bow and my... Not literally, but... Terry F and Funk asked for a chair. That's, <laughs> That's why they right. answer him. <laughs> and the best part is, like, the best way to describe it is a, a room full of comedians committing to a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the ring announcer says, please, stop throwing chairs into the ring. <laughs> oh. Like, you know it's bad when it, it goes, oh, Terry man. Funk just goes, I need a chair. And then you can cut to him four seconds later doing this, like huddling down. Yeah. <laughs> going, nope. <laughs> So I'm trying to hit a point where I don't name drop Min Max in my episodes, but whatever. They bring us all together. <laughs> Them trying to define Bit in one of their recent episodes, it, well, it was so dumb to me until I was just like, wait, can I do this? Can I define Bit? To me, it's commitment to a uh, scenario or a character to, to, for a comedic effect. And wait. By golly, that was a fucking bit of being like, can I have a chair? <laughs> and if you, uh, once again, something else you have to, you listen to this right now. Just, 
I don't know what you need a YouTube search, but you would literally see the most amount of chairs you've ever seen in your <laughs> life thrown in one single place. And that's not hyperbole. Once again, it is more chairs than you would that's ever expect to see. And when you think they're done. Nope. They're not, they're not. done. They're, they're e- not done. ECW, Terry Funk, Cactus Jack. Google those five words and uh, yeah, you will find the chair incident eric are you familiar favorite wrestler wrestler okay oh Oh, jesus christ um i've been i've been going back and forth well i'll 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 ask the question after i'm done because i gotta i gotta do this um i we were going back and forth earlier i for me i think one of i i just i like i go back and forth on this if you I say the it best on a podcast, wrestler for me. Permanent. It's, it's What's that? Boss, if you say it on a podcast, it's permanent. It's very, it's right. <laughs> I've learned anything. I think for me. <laughs> what, Eric? Sandlot forever. Oh, Sandlot forever. <laughs> Do you want some more? Oh, uh, I, I think Ray Mysterio is probably. Gambino. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, I think I think Ray Mysterio is probably. One of my favorites, and I would say he's one of the best. I don't know if he's the best, mm-hmm. but I think Rey Mysterio has been so consistently good throughout him. Mm-hmm. Alex and I were talking earlier. He definitely doesn't have the good promo game that like Ric Flair has, um, and I don't know whether he'll have that longevity or not. He's like in his 40s at this point, I think. But late still 40s, going maybe. strong. I and mean, he's still going great. Yeah. Um, you do bring up a good point, though, with that longevity and that like Rey Mysterio, the way he wrestles now is, honest to God, the same way he wrestled when yeah. he was 18. Which is he's not, he's crazy not that much. to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, other names I would throw in there for favorites or best. I mean, and I know this is a cop-out because a lot of people uh, – it's not even a cop-out. It just is. But Eddie Guerrero, definitely one of my favorites mm. and one of the best. Um, oh, I, sure. And I, I'm, I'm, if this gets out into the larger internet, all right, everybody start to hate me. But Kenny Omega, one of the best, one of my favorites. Um, totally fine. No issue yeah. there. Are you kidding? Like, no, I know. I just, I, I just feel so conflicted about like who the number one spot would go to. But I mean, I grew up with Rey Mysterio. He like SmackDown was such a big, important part of my childhood. Conversely, I knew about Ric Flair, but like I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I I never got to see a ton of his matches, and I I don't think I ever watched pay per view. So I wasn't there for like when he had that retirement match. You know, I live in North Carolina. I had to learn about him in school. You know, uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. He's actually in the curriculum. Right after they teach you two plus two equals four, they're like, well, who's I had the to take it. Boy? I had to take Ric Flair one, Ric Flair two, advanced Ric Flair. That's right. <laughs> Way better joke. Thank you. Thank you. Way better joke. Ric Flair AP. AP. Um, but I, I, Eric, I wanted to ask you, uh, Eric, I wanted to ask you um, if you knew about death matches. Do you know what a death match is? You're not allowed to tap. No. <laughs> I wish. Uh, so a death match is like a hardcore match. And it, the difference is there's mm-hmm. the ropes are usually covered in barbed wire. Um, and then there's also like, uh, yes. And there's usually lots of like, uh, <laughs> there's, sometimes there's fire. And then sometimes there are also bombs. Although they're gimmicked bombs. But they're still bombs. This is all correct. They still explode. Yeah, yeah. Exploding barbed wire death matches mm-hmm. are pretty common. We were talking about Terry Funk. And Mick Foley and stuff. So I was thinking about exploding death wire yeah. matches, but I didn't know if you knew I had ever heard about that. But yeah, that's definitely one of the more extreme parts of wrestling. Okay, Alex, remind me to ask you something. Remind me to answer something. TLC is my favorite kind of matches. 
I, growing up, every time a TLC match came on air, I was like, oh, fuck, this is what I'm watching for the next 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just something about it, which is why, like, the Hardy Boys was, like, my yes. favorite set of wrestlers, because from my memory, they were infamous from the TLC yeah, matches, yeah. like, fucking pulling them out of left field, taking them from fans. It, it was just great. I mean, mm-hmm. TLC 1 and 2 are literally iconic matches, like, them versus the Dudley Boys versus Christian and Edge. Like, those are literally the iconic Dudley matches. You were back for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alex, did you answer your favorite versus best? Oh, uh, no. Um, all right, so favorite, I don't have anything really more to add about it, but I'm right in the same camp with Bob. It's, it's Ric Flair. Um, you know, I live in North Carolina, so if I say anybody else, I actually will go to prison. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Ric Flair. I mean, character work, ring psychology, promo, unmatched, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and favorite? Uh you know, I could say Jinder Mahal, and I think he's great. But I, if I'm going to be, you know, serious about it, uh, probably Asuka. I, Ooh, I, love, I love Asuka. Asuka. I was thinking Asuka, too. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely, probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Just She's so great. Un, like, it's, it's so hard to describe her character, honestly, aside from uh, Kabuki theater actor who also will kick your head off. <laughs> And, and shoot poison mist into your face. Just If <laughs> yeah. you take everything that's great about Japanese wrestling and everything that's great about American wrestling and mush it together, you have Asuka. Because I yeah. feel like she's just that wrestler who, it doesn't matter what you situation or, or crowd you put her in front of, she is in, immediately entertaining and, and will immediately adapt and just get it. Like, just yeah. great wrestler. And and the most impressive so, thing about Asuka is that she doesn't speak. I, she's gotten a little better about this over the years. Mm-hmm. Or not, I, I don't mean like morally or whatever. I'm not judging yeah. her. But like it, like it, mechanically or linguistically, she's gotten a little better in her English. But she yeah. barely speaks English at all. And she still gets over with the crowd. And she's still an incredible talent mm-hmm. and performer. And I mean, she just proves that like you don't need to cross that language barrier to make it. Yeah. Like She is just excellent. She's like Nakamura in that she speaks English better than you probably better than she puts on mm. yeah on TV but she doesn't need to yeah at all yeah she she clearly is able to just get over with people just by her sheer I, presence. Great thing with Nakamura language. is that all he needs to say is those two words. He's like, "Come on!" And like that's all he needs to do. Like he doesn't need exactly. to, he doesn't need to fucking uh, say like the whole English language. Yeah. When Asuka first appeared on, on WWE TV, um, the only English she said for months was, nobody is ready for Asuka. That's, That's literally right. all she said. She never said anything else. Um, also, you know, a fun note about her is even outside of wrestling, she kicks ass. Like, she owns her own hair salon. Um, she is a graphic designer who owns her own graphic design, like, freelance studio. Alex is too. If you need yeah. anything graphically designed, <laughs> ask Alex. And, um, hey, Alex. <laughs> or a website. Yeah, <laughs> or I want that guaranteed money, brother. Um, and so <laughs> Alex is going into his own. He's going in for his own business. <laughs> she she owns her own hair salon. She owns her own graphic design company, and she worked for Nintendo as a like graphic designer and game designer, and was also a journalist for the official Xbox magazine. Like she rules. Like, yeah. like, runs the and then, like outside, all. yeah, yeah. I, if, if I, if okay. I did one of those things, I'd be like, man, I made it. You know, 
she is she is the childish Gambino of wrestling. You know, she's like she, <laughs> the great Gambino. Oh, you said Gambino. My bad. She also has a wonderful you know, this thing. A wonderful YouTube channel called Kanachan TV. Yes, with everybody she's, she's should watch that. There's excellent um, vlogs on there. And this was another thing I, I did want to ask everybody with your favorite wrestler, not maybe the one you think is the best of all time, but your favorite. Wait, calm down. Hold on. No. Wait, I just said calm down on my own title. This is like fucking <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at, hey, he just said it. I didn't mean to, but you fucking calm down. I didn't answer. You asked oh, everybody else, but I never answered. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Favorite at, favorite at best. Favorite and best. I'm going to start with best. It doesn't matter who your favorite is. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think. Got him. <laughs> the get of the century. Can I just Can I just do Can I just do favorite yeah. so I don't get fucking ridiculed for best? No, no, no. I want to hear both. This is a judgment free zone. Yeah. Who does the best Broadway? Where we all judge all the time. This is the Planet Fitness Sunday, podcast. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. Do nope. we need three Sundays? Um, By the way, just before you say, I've never gotten to do that to anybody, and I'm going to go to bed happy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex is done. See everybody. <laughs> Which part have you never got to do with anybody? To anybody? What? Hmm? No, which part of that oh, have you the, never got uh, to do? It, it doesn't matter. I've never okay, got to do no, that in real life. Granted, that was amazing. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Eric. I just I said the front. Eric's best and favorite. Best, best and favorite. 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 I'm going to do best first so you guys can quickly judge me because okay. I'm clearly wrong. I just always felt like we talked about earlier. I think Mick Foley has given to the bit every time. Yeah. And he has done good on both putting people over mm-hmm. and just being a part of the bit and sharing it. Mick Foley, I think, is the best of all time. My favorite, Great pick. Goldust. Suck it. Fuck all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem with Goldust. I, no yeah, I will <laughs> say, as a... As a <laughs> as, <laughs> I, I legit could, like Goldust is great, and he's, yeah. he he Dustin Rhodes the guy has had like honestly in 2013 it's like he became a completely different person yeah. and had like a career renaissance that is still going on. It's yeah, he's still really good. I I will say as a queer person myself, uh, you know, as problematic as some of the ways that he represented queer culture or WWF had queer culture represented, it was still huge for queer mm-hmm. culture to get represented in that way. Like oh, yeah. as as much of a minefield it was, like it was still mm-hmm. huge that it was getting covered at all. Wait, I honestly don't know this. Like, what? Well, so like, Goldust was obviously a very feminine character. He pre- he presented himself mm-hmm. in drag. Uh, he was implied to be gay. Uh, you know, I, obviously he was with. You know, he had her his uh, um, his wife or whatever marlena. i think it's in real life wife that he yeah. hung yeah. out with and stuff uh marlena they were or something like that married and then were ex-wives but they were still managers yeah. it was a whole thing mm-hmm. yeah 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 but anyway um so but i still think that was still so huge i never knew any of that about him i just yeah. loved how over the top he was and how quiet he was during promos there, there's a lot of implicit promos. like queerness in his character and in his act and and it, it definitely got toned down as the years went on um, be, probably because you know bullshit conservatives or parents complained, or because WWF just felt like I, I it, yeah. wasn't it wasn't a cool bit for WWF or yeah. WWE anymore. Um, but yeah, Goldust is awesome. He's uh, um, you know Dustin mm-hmm. Rhodes is just an incredibly talented wrestler and has been put in 
so many interesting different uh, bits. I I won't even tell you about Seven, but you should look it up. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, just to see how horrible that was. <laughs> or um, Black Rain. For the record, Alex and Bob's faces <laughs> during that was a fucking carnival of... Uh, uh, what is that thing where people would bend their bend their bodies? Ma- Cor- uh, Funhouse contortionist, contortionist. No, contortionist. Yeah, Alex and Bob just contortioned the fuck out of their faces. Uh, imagine, that imagine if part. Uncle Fester tried to be the Undertaker. Uh, <laughs> I, I try to forget that Seven was a thing in WCW. And I'm sorry. Again, like I know I'm bringing up a bad thing, but I always I was thinking about that while y'all were talking about Gold Dust. More than and I, I don't. More than I don't know what's worse though. Was Seven worse or was Black Rain worse? Oh, because Black Rain was bad. Black, Black Rain was like really if guy, Black Rain was like if Guy Fieri wanted to be the Undertaker, but ended up being a zebra instead. All right, the podcast is over. The podcast is done. I'm done. I'm fucking done. All right, what are you all excited about upcoming? What's mm. coming up in the wrestling world? Ooh, I... That, that Jimmy's your guys' jammies. I've, I've got mine, at least. What Jimmy's yeah. my jammies. Uh, Go ahead, Bob. Is a, is a potential uh, AEW, who's the big competitor yeah. to WWE, and uh, for... for you know, again, very broad strokes, but is is doing things right. Um, yeah, they are. The rumor has it they are hiring two of the biggest free agents on the market right now, which is Daniel Bryan, aka Bryan Danielson, and CM Punk. Um, is Daniel Bryan the yes, 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 yes guy? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> You probably can't see it, but I have a wooden WWE title somewhere in oh, this vicinity. Amazing, I could see it. Uh, I have I have the old Ric Flair big gold belt. I have the hardcore title, and I have the big gold belt, or the big wooden belt. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I have those three because I have way too much stupid money, and I spent it badly, and I'm poor now, <laughs> and I regret it. But <laughs> I have these title belts, and it's it's what they are. All right, Corbin, get out of here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, if, if you're asking what I'm excited about in the future of wrestling, it's it's potentially seeing Brian Danielson and CM Punk in AEW versus new fresh opponents and uh, seeing them really like break out of their shell that they've kind of been in this corporate shell that they've been in for a handful so, of years. So um, very sick. I popped back into wrestling briefly in like, what is it, 2012 or mm-hmm. whatever when CM Punk dropped out. Was he all he was cracked up to be? I, I mean, I would argue yes. I know. I yeah. know. In hindsight, it's like, well, did he live up to his potential? Blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I mean, the summer of yeah, punk was <laughs> not the summer of punk at all. It was yeah. the summer of Triple H fucking around with CM Punk oh, storyline, which is. I think he's he was definitely at the time too. Like, was he a, like technically a great wrestler? I think he was better than average as a wrestler but as like a character it just made you want to like it didn't matter yeah. what he did. he he, was, watch he his old roh matches i've seen a, a lot of oh, some of his young, roh yeah. matches he's phenomenal like he's a phenomenal yeah. in-ring talent his some of his matches are just so excellent especially uh with brian danielson or whatever you want to call him samoa uh, joe are just, series of three that he had with yes joe the samoa joe phenomenal. they have that all in ring of honor like look that yeah. up like that stuff is classic it is so good um yeah i think cm punk is 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 better at promos than he is in the ring, but he is still great in the ring. 
even if yeah. he stole the GTS from Kenta, it was absolutely <laughs> like the best move for him because they couldn't use the fucking Pepsi plunge anymore because it like it's just the, <laughs> it's the pedigree but better yeah, and like you can't do that because then Triple H is gonna be like, well, I could do that too. I just chose not to all these years. Yeah, he's stealing my move. Uh. He's stealing my move. So yeah, I I, I love CM Punk, but yeah, yeah definitely. Some prickly personality issues there. Um, definitely, yeah. he's gotten himself into trouble a few times. Although I think he's looking okay these days. You know, apologize and whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I think overall, yeah, he he deserves that. I like, I he he should have had much better. I mean, even his very her semi long run as champion was just mm-hmm. never. It didn't have many defenses, and when it did, they were just mingled with triple h because that's what it meant to go big at the time yeah so yeah he was he was the punk rock music of the 90s of wrestling at that time yeah so like he i mean he was just yeah as as a dude like i i had a lip piercing i had tat well had i still had tattoos but (laughs) i was in i was (laughs) i had a lip piercing for a summer and then i kept swallowing like so it was it wasn't the full ring (laughs) piercing it was the like uh, three quarters piercing and had the balls at both ends and like there's so many fucking jokes here but I woke up every morning like swallowing balls and I was like I can't do this anymore so I just took the piercing out and let it heal up. It's I mean seeing him on TV it was literally like there's a dude with a lip piercing tattoos he talks about being straight edge and listening to like metal and punk rock and I was like holy shit it, it's actually a wrestler who looks like me and the people I know. Like that's that it was the first yeah. time I saw anybody like I, that. So uh, I this, this comparison just him. popped into my head. I don't know if it's going to get me heat or not. Uh, that's another <laughs> phrase. But um like I really think what CM Punk did for the alternative culture for the indies and stuff is similar to what yeah. Sting did in the 90s with like the alternative culture then. Like oh, Sting yeah. and, and Raven. Sting and Raven in the 90s really tapped into that like alternative culture. I think CM Punk did the same thing. Uh, that's so Raven in the late 2000s <laughs> early 2010s. Raven is, is to me like one of the his headphones. Raven's one of the goats. Like Raven rules. Raven is amazing. Yeah. Who the, the, who the fuck? Why the fuck did you hire Johnny Polo? That's what Vincent <laughs> Mann said. God, fuck you. Nineties nineties. Who, hi- who fucking hired Johnny Polo is what he said so when they got Raven back on the WWF. If, if people listening who aren't wrestling fans, that's not funny. But for me, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love, by the way, that the Raven character, which Raven is essentially exactly what the media thinks a person who listened to Nirvana in the night. Yes, that's, like. that's exactly, I was going to say, like, legit, the stereotypical a, Kurt Cobain character-esque uh, yeah. kind of person. I also got to say, one of the best feuds of, of all time between him and Tommy Dreamer. One of the best, yeah. like, long-running feuds where Dreamer too. never got a win until the end. And yeah. that was such good long-term like storytelling. years. But the, the, the reason yeah. Raven is great is because he was that. He was a 90s guy who wore, you know, a flannel shirt tied around his waist jean shorts and band t-shirts and he would just sit there and wallow and whine and be like have self-pity about himself and just be like what about me what about raven he would just be you know this sad punk who everybody was like he's just over there feeling sorry for himself and listening to his grunge and the best part about that is that in kayfabe and in story before he was raven he was like bob said and nandori uh johnny polo yeah yeah. Who was literally, he wore pink polos and golf shorts and he was a, he was a trust kid. fund kid. 
Yeah, he was a trust fund kid. And the best part is that in story, like normally when people switch characters, they're supposed to be believed to be two different people, right? In story, he really was still Johnny Polo. He was still some spoiled trust fund kid who was going through a goth phase and was like, the world's against me and everything I know we're sucks. Gonna, I know we're going to get like, off on a, on a, a tangent kid. here. <laughs> But like Doink the Clown, when he when Matt Bourne went from WWF to ECW, he did a similar thing really? where yeah. he carried over that character and basically made a character who had split personality from being in WWF and basically like had the clown personality. Which originally, by the way, Doink the Clown was not a comedy act. He was a he was yeah. a it was a clown who was like who was like trying to kill people, but like yes. had it been his frustrations in the ring, basically. And then, yeah, the Matt, Matt Bourne basically, like, when he got kicked out of WWF because he failed the drug test or something, um, he went to ECW and he, like, uh, became a way more grittier split personality character where he half of his face was painted like Dwight the Clown and half was, like, Matt Bourne. And he, like, he basically said, like, I've got a, like, identity crisis. And that was his character, which is, like, fucking cool as, as, as hell. Um, and then he came back in the 2010s as Evan Bourne and was doing Shooting Star <laughs> Press. <laughs> Got him. Uh, that's not true, Eric. That's not true. Uh, that's not true. Uh, but um, no, I think you mean Matt Seidel. Um, but anyway, <laughs> wait. So, so Dory, what do you? Uh, we'll get it back on track. What are you looking forward to? Oh yes, yes. Um, I, you know, I do this episode. Um, I think what I'm looking forward to the most is the fucking Forbidden Door. I am planning on watching a new Japan professional wrestling, the resurgence pay-per-view that's coming up, which I would never have done in a million years. And I'm also gonna watch NWA Empower with my with my partner, Ooh. the all women show that Mickey James is hope uh put it putting together. Yeah, um cool. partly because Camille is gonna be fighting Layla Hirsch from AEW. Like, I would never have done this. Like, uh, I would never pay attention to these smaller promotions if the Forbidden Door, and, and Eric, and for the people listening, Forbidden Door is basically, like, inter-cross-promotional, inter like, stuff. Like, when WCW and WF did it, but actually inter-cross-promotional shit. Um, and uh, there's probably an easier word for that. But, yeah, that's what I'm, like, the most excited for. Like, Tanahashi is going gonna, is gonna to face off against, like, Lance Archer, um, you know, like, like Jay, Jay White, uh, is gonna, I mean, I guess technically they're both NJPW, but they're, but they're also on impact and he's going to fight like Juice Robinson or whatever. And, um, or Finley, I can't forget. I can't remember which one of them, but one of them, um, it's just, it's amazing. And like Moose is going to fight. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's like a legend with an NJPW. Um, is she? I think it's, I think it's Ishii. Ishii yeah. I, th I think it's yeah, him. That, the, the Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow Ishii. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just I'm excited for the Forbidden Door. I'm so excited for yeah. like what's going to happen next. Um, you know, Malachi Black is is now in there. That's another example of like bringing characters full circle because he's still got like the black eye that he had in WWE. Um, yeah. That he I think he got from Big E or he got from somebody. I don't I don't remember who, but he got like a black <laughs> eye at some point in WWE, uh, yeah. and he brought that to AEW. I mean, it's just such an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Literally. Mm -hmm. When I started being a wrestling fan, I, I kid you not, like a few weeks later, Sting joined AEW, and like mm. you know, and then all this Forbidden Door stuff started. Like it, there has never been a better time to be a wrestling fan, and I, I sincerely mean that. There's so many great promotions mm -hmm. that are not WWE that you can listen to and you actually can feel good about watching, 
Um, there's just so much good shit out there. It's not just AEW. Like, Impact does really cool stuff. They're a little zanier. Like, I, I love Impact because they just do their own shit. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They had a whole, like, murder mystery arc about somebody who <laughs> shot somebody else. And it took months for a payoff. And was the payoff any good? No, it wasn't any good. But, like, it was amazing that they tried. And, like, literally they have, like, one of their one of their top talents, like, Sue Young, who's, like, a demon. Anyway, I know I need to calm down, nerd, right now. But uh, Sue Young, really Young is amazing. I, but my, my – I try very hard on this podcast to not cut tangents short. Tangents short or get upset about people ranting. I try to encourage ranting. Which is why you guys just need to be fucking okay with me talking about the fact that he was talking about the shooting plot and how it like had no payoff. Yeah, that Jesus, that 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 fucking Simpsons like episode where like uh, Mr. Burns gets shot yeah. and the whole town tries to figure Spoiler out who alert, it was. It was Meg, and we spent very <laughs> many. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't WS. It was MS. Of and it was just upside not down. Smithers. It was Maggie Simpson. Everybody Wait a second, said. it's not Wombo. <laughs> The w is for Wombo. I'm just saying. I've got a whole different oh. level of, of <laughs> offensiveness if you're talking two through ten season of The Simpsons. That that's perfection right there. Mm. <laughs> but yes, Alex, please go ahead. Um, I'll just throw in one more thing out there because what Bob and Dory have said are, are I am excited about all those things as well, and I'm not gonna you know <laughs> repeat anything that's already been said here. But the, to add one more thing that's happening is. Uh, so GCW has a pay-per-view coming up in September. Yes. And GC- GCW is called uh, their Game Changer Wrestling. And they're known for hardcore style deathmatch kind of stuff. But also just your general, they're, they're the best way to, to describe them as down and dirty indie wrestling that for some reason is popular. <laughs> like that they're for some reason they're just you know they i honestly think gcw is the new ecw and i don't think it's a yeah. coincidence that gcw sounds so much like ecw yeah. but anyway alex yeah. they have a show coming up uh in september called emo fight and they haven't said Jesus. they haven't said yeah, they, versus they haven't said anything specific about it but they did a promo hype video for it where they're showing the venue it's going to be at and for and uh the black parade by my chemical <laughs> romance starts playing Bong. and Bong. and the logo Bong. the logo is literally Bong. like the my chemical romance font and it says emo fight and there's like a little broken heart next to it and all they said is it's going to be like a throwback to the myspace days and and emo music and stuff like that so it sounds like it's going to be like those emo nights that that clubs yes. put on in new york and stuff except wrestling and I can't wait to find out what the hell this is going to be. I, can we talk? Can we please just for a second talk about Matt Goddamn Cardona and his amazing <laughs> brilliance? Absolutely brilliant. GCW Universe, are you ready? Yeah. GCW um, Universe. I fucking love it. Right, so, so, so Matt Cardona used to go on WWE, uh, and his name was Zack Ryder, and uh, woo woo woo, as he would say. Um, and he was like kind of big with the fans but it was like really off and on and wwe never really gave him a good push yeah and so eventually around like 2020 or something the pandemic hit and he got he got really he's one of the first releases which he actually says he was super thankful for because he really wanted to get out of that company i uh, can't imagine why and um he has he started uh wrestling an impact i think in 2021 or a little <laughs> earlier and um he's also been wrestling in gcw with this guy named nick gage i won't get into nick gage that's a whole nother thing but the main point is that nick gage is seen as like a folk hero 
within GCW. And, and Matt Cardona is seen as like the ultimate like Hollywood uh, WWE guy. Sold and out. Cardona. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've, and I saw the match on YouTube. It's a great match. And Cardona actually beat Nick Gage. And he just threw shit in the ring. And Cardona's like giving, like, you know, like flipping everybody off, calling everybody the GCW universe, which is amazing because that's a riff on the WWE universe. Um, he, I just, the next great thing, and I stole this from What Culture, so I'm absolutely crediting, uh, I think Andy Murray was talking about this, but I really want him to make the, like, make it have lights and make it like a spinner, like, like with John Cena. Like it just, I just so yeah. bad. Except, and, except it's a PBR can. Yeah, yeah. Like, like in, like in Impact, he's he's a big fa- baby face, but in GCW, mm. he is a heel. He is a monster heel because of their perspective on him and the the promo battles between Gage and him. I didn't see many of them, but they're supposed to be really good. I just that's that's another forbidden door thing. That's another forbidden door thing. That's why I'm so excited. But Alex is absolutely right. That emo uh, fight looks terrific. And if it's a great card, I'll probably check it out. I don't even know. Yeah, don't even know what it's going to be, but they had me at emo. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as soon as they played the, the G note, I was like, "Oh, okay, really emo? Like, let's go." Yeah, just just. Ex- ex- this is kind of a side note, but uh, apparently Kevin Smith released like the opening paragraph or page of uh, mm-hmm. Clerks Three, and it opens with Black Parade. Yeah. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, and Clerks uh, Three opening with, with the Black Parade is just like, oh wow, everything is coming is a, together. How this is a total non sequitur, but I saw Kevin Smith on Saturday. Uh, really? Yeah. What? <laughs> you motherfucker! He's recording Clerks Three right now, and you live in New Jersey. Yes, I forgot about a, that. Anyone in New Jersey knows Kevin Smith personally. This is just a thing we know. Red Bank. Um, no, I, I I went on vacation in uh, a, a shore town in New Jersey last weekend, and it's literally the town where he grew up. And I've been checking Leonardo uh, Highlands, which is right next to Leonardo, <laughs> um, and right, right down from uh, what's the other place? Red Bank, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I thought you were going to say Donatello. Yeah, yeah. And uh, New, New Jersey is only <laughs> New Jersey is only made up of Highlands, Leonardo, and Red Hook. There's nothing. That's correct. Um, Red, Red Hook Hoboken doesn't even exist. Red <laughs> Hook. Sorry, I'm thinking of Taz. Uh, so yeah, literally, I was on vacation in the town Kevin Smith grew up, and he's been mm-hmm. Instagramming like he does all these uh, exercises around that town. Yeah. And so I was Runs. driving to brunch on Sunday with a bunch of my friends on vacation, and we drove past a street, and we were like, "Oh, there's Kevin Smith." <laughs> this, this he's just, just he's brunch. just there and he has some sort of like lincoln suv supercharged like really fancy vehicle that he was driving back from and we all waved and we're like hey because he's shooting clerks three at the town over and he you know exercises in the town that we were staying mm-hmm. in and it was just a fun little coincidence That's cool but, uh yeah you told him that you love Masters really, of the Universe, right? Exactly right. I, I said I love Tusk, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> who didn't? Really? I Wait, mean, why do you why why do you feel ironic when you said you love Masters of the Universe? Because that show was great. I, no, I, I, I there's, there's a lot of yeah. yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm not in the camp that thinks it's bad. I'm just making fun of those people. <laughs> there's a lot of contention from people who don't know how to fucking. Not, wim- not not strong women in my cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> How 
how dare they make He Man not the center of the TV the show that's called Masters of the Universe? <laughs> it's not even called He Man anymore. Idiots. Anyways, yeah. um, if I am distancing distance distancing any listener, good. I'm okay with that. You suck anyway. <laughs> um, uh, I was gonna say something about like Kevin Smith. Uh, Clerks three. Alex, you shared what you're excited about. Yeah. Bobby shared what you're excited about. Dory, you shared what I you're can, excited I can, about. I could pick up a question here. Uh, possibly our last. Looking at timing wise, uh, can can I from 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 Dory and Alex especially? Uh, what are one or two or three matches you would recommend everyone watch? What's oh like, boy! What's, what's... <laughs> what your two boy. answers are? My first answer is. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, Alex, I, I, please right. take this. Because I can I, I don't go first know. if you need time to think, but please, this, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the first one that pops in my head that I think people would have a fun time watching is last year's Money in the Bank. Mm, the great one. The, the quarantine era Money in the yeah. Bank match that yeah. was all pre-filmed. And instead of having a match in a ring, they had a match in the WWE headquarters with the briefcase yes. hanging from a ladder on top of the building. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. And they had the women's Money in the Bank match and the men's Money in the Bank match take place at the same time. So you had some fun little crossover moments there. Um, pure wrestling? Uh, I'll give I'll give I'll give you two. Uh, one is not accessible for newcomers, I don't think. But any of the Kenny Omega and uh, Kazucha Okada matches from New Absolutely. Japan Pro Wrestling in 2017, just in my opinion, perfect wrestling. They're like an hour and a half long each, so they're not accessible. But perfect wrestling. Um, but something that's you know that I would recommend for anybody, uh, just watch all of WrestleMania 30 purely so you can see uh, the main event with uh, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, and Batista, where Daniel Bryan finally spoilers for a what ten year old thing at, at this least, point yeah. reaches the mountaintop and and has one of in my opinion the best moments in wrestling in the past twenty five years honestly. Quick, uh, quick uh, question. Hmm. Um, exp- explain to me. Uh, what was the Money in the Bank episode where normally, for anybody listening to this right Sorry. now and doesn't know, Money in the Bank, they put a ladder that they had to climb up to to grab the actual briefcase yeah. for Money in the Bank. There was a, maybe not as infamous as I remember it, but there's a Money in the Bank match where the ladder got lost and two people held onto the briefcase up top. I'm trying to remember which one that is. <laughs> Alex and Bob's face went in the same direction at the same time. A- <laughs> AJ, like, honestly, I feel like AJ Styles did that recently. I don't know if it was two people hanging on, are you, are you, but that also feels like something that Jeff Hardy's done. I was going to say, that, that <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Devon yeah, Dunn. someone kicking the ladder from out from That there. definitely feels like a Jeff Hardy spot. Yeah. I don't so, know anyone specifically. For my <laughs> answers, I'm going to give three radically different answers. All right. If you want to see a match that stretches the limits of what wrestling could conceivably be called, I really recommend the Fire Hot, Firefly funhouse match with Bray Wyatt yeah. and John Cena. Yeah. It really stretches the definition of what wrestling could even be. But I think if yeah. you want to see that more artistic thing, I'm a, I'm a huge fiend Mark. Like I'm, I'm a huge fiend fan and what they did to Wyatt was fucking criminal. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you, if that's one match I would recommend if you want just like pure, pure wrestling, uh, I the match I keep coming back to is really recent. It's the one that was at Double or Nothing. It was the triple threat uh, between Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac. I mean, just yeah. just terrific character work, terrific 
um, terrific moves, terrific tension. The crowd, that was like one of the first times they had had a crowd. So the crowd was just on fire. Um, if you want something that's like, I don't know, let's see, that's pure wrestling. That's something that's more out there. I'm trying to think of something else. If you want like, I don't know, like a really good, like classic match. Uh, I'm trying to think in my head where the I would go. Versus I, Triple H the night after WrestleMania 19. <laughs> what, what was that, Alex? So the Hurricane versus Triple H the night That's after WrestleMania right, 19. Uh, a good 1v1 <laughs> match. Uh, a good 1v1 match. Um, honestly, oh, man, I, it's, I get so many flooding through my brain. The the H, I love him or hate him. God, Shawn Michaels puts on great stuff. The HBK mm-hmm. uh, uh, Undertaker matches at WrestleMania are, are legendary for a reason. Um, you can't really go wrong with watching either of them. I think I've only watched one of them recently on YouTube, but they're both really good. I think mm-hmm. one of them has the last time that Undertaker ever did a like uh, jump off the over the rope spot, which yeah. didn't go very well, unfortunately. But uh, at the same time, it, it is fucking impressive that he could do that, even at that age, even if it was like 10, 15 years ago at this point. Um, uh, yeah, any of those kind of matches. I mean, you know, the mm-hmm. Undertaker versus HBK match, or um, obviously we were talking about Ric Flair and HBK earlier. They have a, a great match. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like there's so many matches like flooded to my, my head and I really want to pick the best one. But yeah, um, probably one of those Taker versus HBK matches. Yeah. You can't go wrong with either of them. Yeah, I, I have one more I do want to add, and I won't go into the whole thing. But since you mentioned love him or hate him, um, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania 18. Yeah. In, in my opinion, probably if you want to go for the whole spectacle and you know yes. art of wrestling, probably one of the best matches of all time. It's, yeah. it's probably one of the best like spectacle, like uh, yeah. atmospheric matches of all time. Um, my, yeah. my favorite wrestling call of all time, which is when Hogan hit the leg drop and Jr. yells, "He beat Andre the Giant with that move." Like yep. my favorite call. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Ross too. is fucking yeah. legendary, running away like a scolded dog. He still says <laughs> yes. that in 2021. I love him. <laughs> um, it's so good. Yeah. Yes, Bob, yours, your your rat matches you'd recommend. All right, real quick, because I, I I wrote down a list. I wanted to get to three, but I got to four, and I have no apologies for the four. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mick Foley versus Randy Orton, 2004 Backlash. Yes. Yes. Possibly so good. Foley's best match ever, and one mm-hmm. of the later matches he's ever had in his career. Absolutely phenomenal. If you need an entryway into either match, uh, into either person, mm-hmm. excuse me, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's a hardcore match technically, but Backlash 2004, uh, Mick Foley versus Randy Orton. Um, yeah. there is an Ike if you want to go super old school, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk in an I Quit match. Oh um, God! From like '89, yeah. I want to say. Okay, that's what I was thinking of earlier with Death Match. Was the I Quit matches? Mm. Where uh, was it? No rules except you have to just finally yeah. say I quit. Yeah, yeah. it is absolutely okay. phenomenal yeah. it is one of the mm-hmm. best like old school style matches you're going to find it doesn't age because it is just perfection um if you're looking for indie style there is a match from unbreakable 2004 from tna it's samoa okay. joe versus aj styles versus chris yes. daniels yes triple, triple threat yeah triple threat. this match is incredible five out of five star 10 out of 10 like perfection 
in a, so in, a in a three-way match. I I won't spoil a single moment in it for you. You can find it for free online. Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels, 2004 so Unbreakable. Unbelievable, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Um mm-hmm. and then uh, if you want to also talk about free online, uh Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobayashi in Ring of Honor. Um it is so so good you might have to find it on vimeo because i think youtube took it down but please do yourself a favor if you just want to see two like two guys just beat the bejesus out of each other (laughs) like literally they're chopping each other in the chest to the point where their chest is bleeding like Mm -hmm. it is just a hard-hitting old school style match between two guys in like probably the year 2005 or something like that Mm -hmm. it is unbelievably good and the crowd is so into it and it's this japanese legend versus an american legend like all head-to-head unbelievable um really really recommend it so i i want to say i want to say a quick three quick cuts here um just just for like if you want to see like a moment in wrestling history now these are all wwe i'm sorry like AEW just hasn't been along around long enough for me to really count either of them (coughs) excuse me um cm punk winning the title from john cena uh when it seemed like he was going to take the title with him which was that money in the that whole match is is phenomenal but that ending at at the the, in chicago the crowd goes nuts um daniel bryan when he leaves (laughs) yes little kiss uh daniel bryan which um uh alex already mentioned this and third is when kofi faces daniel bryan for the championship and i legit almost cried when i saw that i saw it for the first time like uh several months ago or something and i legit like almost cried at the end like it is such a good moment such a good match the crowd is kofi mania um it's such a terrific moment for for kofi kingston who absolutely deserves it those are my three quick cuts i won't say any more uh we should also wrap this up (laughs) yeah (laughs) Jesus, you all three are a bunch of fucking marks. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I've worked myself into a shoot. <laughs> Gonna have to give this jabroni a receipt. Gonna have to lay the smack down so Eric knows his role. Yeah, Bob said receipt earlier. Just, all, all I can think is like, Bob, what Bob said receipt earlier, all I can think of is just like pretty much what uh, what Twitter has come to mean with it, where it's just like, hey, here's the proof that it happened. Is that right, Bob? Uh, yeah. Wrestling? Is that what we're seeing? No. Not, no. not quite. No. no. It's yeah, like it's getting, strong nose. getting like a stiff punch. Getting a stiff punch from someone is like them like, you know, is the purchase in that situation. And you're like, oh, really? And then to give them the receipt is the response. Yeah, basically. to give them the comeuppance yeah. they deserve, basically. If, uh-huh. so, if someone hits if someone hits you really hard or like, you know, knocks you on your head during a match, receipt is doing the same back to them on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have all given me a receipt of a great show. Does that does that quantify this guy? No. What a pro! <laughs> no. uh, all right, let's sound off once again. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it in order of my screen. Um, Bob the Windjammer Buell. Uh, I called you Windjammer because. And the episode that I spoke with you on, I told you that one of my like first like still best memories of me. Uh, be- mem- not memories of me, memories of you was uh, we were watching the uh, video game awards, I think live last year 
you kept rooting for Witchhammers 2 to be announced, <laughs> and I thought you were just making up the entire <laughs> fucking time. Hey, guys, the beta for that is out now, and um, you will find Bob Ewell yes. playing it. Very excitedly. I still do not know what it is, and part of me never wants to. Less, yeah, don't download my podcast. Just download the beta for Windjammers 2. <laughs> That's more important. You'll find him and have time with it. Windjammers 2 is now available uh, on PS4, ahead. PS5, and Steam. Please download it. Also, if you're interested at all in any rambling that I do, it's 99 questions. It's the number 99 questions it's a purple and gold logo uh if you like if you like aaron from from me interviewing uh, wonderful folks like adel refai from hello from the magic tavern dan reichert uh beth may from dungeons and daddies joe juba jeff cork sam reich from college humor brendan lee mulligan all those kind of junk uh listen to that if you want maybe sure fine (laughs) thanks i did not want to interrupt you during your plug but who did you get from hello magic taverns i was uh, Dory was there. Dory, you were there in one of the servers. I was just talking about Hello of the Magic Taverns, how fucking great that show is. Who'd you get from that? Uh, early on, uh, Adel Rafai, he plays uh, Chunt the Badger. Um, he's uh, the, oh, the shape shifting one. That is he's one of my like, favorite podcast ever. Dory. <laughs> he's so like episode six or something. A- he's super early on. He's 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 amazing he's one of my favorite episodes i've done and it's like Go ahead and Bob, try to explain that episode to dory and the listener not the episode sorry try to explain that podcast to dory and the listener right now because it's so hard to explain uh it's uh a, technically it's a guy who disappears behind a wendy's and goes to a DD realm but still has enough reception to upload podcasts from the DD realm so he <laughs> just interviews people in a DD setting uh but as a dude um oh, i had that idea for a podcast the other day and i thought that was so cool and i was like i don't think anyone's ever done that maybe i could do that god yeah. damn it Told you, I told you, Dory. I was like, that's kind of a thing. Here's a link. Oh, you told me. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, listen, listen to the Adam Refai episode. Why don't you? But uh, yes, please. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. I love, I love this show, and I love rambling about things on white wine. So, uh, thank you. You're welcome. I I will never ask you to ramble things about red wine. On red wine. Listen, <laughs> tomorrow's wine. another day. Okay, so uh, <laughs> it might be a red wine day. Uh, Dory, <laughs> uh, Dory Keyblade Defender Ford, uh, you were on my Kingdom Hearts episode. I appreciate you being there. Uh, where else can people find you? Yeah, so I am a part of the PS Premier podcast. Uh, we uh, used to talk PlayStation all the time, but now we're kind of in the middle of a restructuring thing, rebranding. Uh, we're, we're doing a heel turn or a face turn. Depends on how, how you feel about it. Um, but yeah, we're kind of in the middle of kind of reconstructing our podcast from the ground up in several ways. But um, we still get together, me, James, uh, Seb, and Mitch get together uh, live um, every Saturday about 6.30 EST. We talk about video games. Um, sometimes we'll get into tangents about pop culture. Uh, but mostly talk about video games and what we've been playing, any news. Um, we have fun discussion topics. Um, so, yeah, come find me on PS Premiere. Uh, a review of mine just came out uh, for Chris Tales. Um, so, yeah, and nobody, nobody listens right now should watch that fucking review because it's wrong. Watch everything else Premiere does, PS Premiere does, except for that review. Because it's an awful review where you are a liar. Uh, wow. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a good review. I can't tell if this is a work or a shoot a right now, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great review. 
And you actually gave reasons where I was just like, fuck, she's right. <laughs> I want her to be. It was just like, ah, I'm just going to put my rose-colored glasses on and continue to enjoy Hey, this you game. enjoy whatever game you want. Right? My, word, my word is not gospel. Not yet. Not yet. This, like the review was spot on and it came from a very technical standpoint. You had not only like, did you have good points throughout, but you had like, Hey, I'm not just saying this to say it. Here is why. Yeah, sure. And even though I, I, I don't disagree with any of those points, it's just, um, uh, what is it? Uh, a made for me kind of game where you expressly said in that review, like this game is just not made for me mm. where I feel like the game is more so made for me as the player, sure. but it was a great review. I'm going to shit on your score, <laughs> but everybody should watch that review from both the uh, integral standpoint and enthusiastic standpoint. Minus and just so hard. well crafted between you and James. <laughs> between you and James, I think... Ja- James is a real big help there. You, He's you, excellent. You He's excellent editor. And honestly, half my work would be uh, half as good uh, if James <laughs> wasn't as good of an editor if he, uh, as he is. So big shout out to James for all of his great uh, writing, editing. I doubt he'll listen to this because he has no interest in wrestling. But hey, James, if you're listening, I'm proud of you because I know you don't give a shit about wrestling. And every time I bring up the AEW video game and PS Premiere, you're like, why is Dory talking about this? Who cares? James, if James, if you're not listening, you're a lovely person, but you should be listening to this and you suck. <laughs> Alex. Alex, gotta go fast from the Sonic episode. Really, my first, like, not my first episode, but you're my first. Hey, here's an example of what this podcast will be. Um, and it's just a good stamp of, like, this is what's coming, fuckers. Uh, you rant about Sonic. You and my daughter relate on that very much so. Uh, before recording, she came up to you and showed you her mm. her baby doll Sonic, and you two bonded over that. Yes. And it was adorable. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, speaking of things that review poorly but people still like, I have a uh, YouTube channel Werehog called uh, Werehog Review Club <laughs> where uh, I review so fucking stuff. Good. Uh, It started as me reviewing Sonic games, but now I just review stuff. I just reviewed a fandom and an energy drink, and I think there's one legitimate review. I was really surprised by how highly you rated that fandom, Alex. I thought that was surprising (laughs) how high that that score was. Yeah, I mean, I think I did one review that could be considered legitimate, and that was for Ratchet and Clank, Um, but even then it fell apart. No, no, your Scott Pilgrim review also had some good points in it. That Scott Pilgrim review made me deeply uncomfortable. I laughed a lot, but it was kind of like a nervous chuckle, like an Elaine, like, what the fuck? I loved it, personally. But... Yeah, I mean, you can, you can find me on YouTube. It's called Werehog Review Club. You can watch literally my entire library in about 10 minutes, because every review is literally about a minute. My, I just reviewed, reviewed an energy yeah, drink fast. in 20 seconds. I, so, I want to um, be genuine here for a second. I know we're all joking around a lot. Alex, that shit is hilarious, and I'm really glad you do it. I, I legitimately look forward to every video you do. I don't watch all of them, but I've watched almost every single one of them, and I enjoy them. They're great. Oh, that, that's very sweet and makes me very happy, and I promise if I ever review you, I'll give you a good score. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he is currently working on Alex is currently working on reviewing the man Jeff. That's right. <laughs> that's that's right. I want to tie it back to the earlier show. Full circle. Full it's, circle. It's, it's either it's either that or Sonic 06. That's, I'm that's what one we call good long term booking. So everybody, <laughs> that's good long term storytelling. There it is. Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah. <laughs> 
off air when we talked about it prior. I don't think that was on air. It's okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so you, you can find me uh, on YouTube at Werehog Review Club. I'm also on Twitter at uh, Clobber in Time, spelled uh, T-H-Y-M-E, like the herb, um, where I post graphic design stuff and complain about wrestling, not exclusively in that order. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much what I do. And, uh, I, I, I've also really just badly wanted to say, I think therefore I slam. That is, uh, that is, that so, is how we're I done. Right that's it. We're done. <laughs> Cut and print. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I feel really bad. Not actually stopping there, but Alex <laughs> caught the eye of the, um, Alex and I got in a debate that he doesn't know about, um, a great debate, a great philosophical debate that he's unaware of. Alex is such a good graphic designer, he actually caught the eye of the frog lady from Mandalorian. Um, and I think Baby Yoda was perfectly allowed to eat those baby eggs, and I am the one who's apparently the bad guy yeah. here. I would agree with that. Not, I would agree with that. Yeah, moms, you're pretty much in the wrong there, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Frog Lady is a national treasure. This is my heel turn. <laughs> this is my heel <laughs> turn. But no, seriously, your uh, your design for the Mandalorian, like um, I uh, what was it episode three or four? Yeah, of that? yeah, it was one of those uh, episodes. Season two? season two, episode three, I think, with the the wonderful Frog Lady, the greatest Star Wars character in yeah. all of its canon. <laughs> Yeah, she retweeted it, and you're just like she hey, asked me if she could post it on her Instagram, which was which was pretty, yeah, pretty that's, wild. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. I was a little disappointed when I found out she didn't speak frog in real life, but you can't have anything. Hey, don't meet your heroes, you know. <laughs> Bob, I specifically, uh, I don't think you mentioned your Twitter, did you? Oh, I don't, I don't do anything on Twitter. It's a ninety nine questions pod or Bob B, the letter B backwards. If you have three B's in the middle of the vowels, you did it right. Uh, but I don't do anything on there. <laughs> Just subscribe to the podcast, and you're good. I, I also <laughs> want to point out that I uh, am on. Uh, Twitter and I re like tweet way too much wrestling stuff. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with like wrestling stuff, I absolutely recommend following Fightful, especially uh, no crap, just sap uh, Sean Ross, Ross sap. Uh, he's excellent. He's my main source for news these days. He broke a lot of the stories that we, we've discussed here, especially the mm-hmm. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan stuff. Um, at least if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, he's great. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at declare one nine two uh it's c-l-e-y-r-e uh and i'm on the same name on twitch where i stream i think that's everything so um follow the podcast at calm down p uh that's cut no no bob correct me last time he's gonna correct me again it's at calm down nerd yes calm down nerd and the letter p (laughs) i don't know why it's that way but he stands for podcast (laughs) you're listening to calm down nerd podcast you can follow me personally on twitter at sincerely underscore eric um that's really it um i really appreciate you all rate him five stars while you're here you're already here give him the dave Meltzer pop give him that bump from dave Meltzer himself the five stars on itunes if this was in the tokyo dome it would be seven stars minimum So give it Fucking the five Tokyo out of iTunes. Just click God it. It's, it'll it. take you five seconds. Fucking Tokyo Dome reference. Uh, 
here's what I'll have to say. If uh, you three liked being on, mm-hmm. please tell other people to ask to be on. If you, the listener, liked listening to this and are just like, no, I know better facts about things, <laughs> ask to be on. My DMs are open. I'm not begging you to be, but seriously, I want to give people the platform to rant about what mm-hmm. they want to rant about. I genuinely think, um, as a nerd and people and somebody who is ex- accepts and loves and adores nerds, you have to like what you love, and I love to hear about it. Thank you all. <laughs>